0: Prosecutors were asking for 28 years. They were. Um, you all landed at 10. After hearing about how his family talked about him, he seemed
1: like just the light in their lives, and he was kind and just c- caring and forgiving. And I, I said, I told everyone, I was like, I'm really having a hard time with this because we all agree that it was a mistake, and I don't think... I. Th- I don't think Bo would want to take harsh vengeance. I think he would want to forgive her. And I felt, I didn't feel like I had any right to speak for him and he isn't there to talk for himself. But listening to
2: how people talked about him, I felt like he would forgive her.
1: They asked for 28 years and I'm gonna be honest and and true. I was like, I can't give her 28 years. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are not happy about the 10 years, but I felt like, you know, for this case, was not like any other case. You can't compare this case to any of those other officers killing unarmed black men. Those officers that killed unarmed black men, when they got out, they went back to living their lives. Amber Geiger, ever since she killed that man, she has not been the same. She showed remorse and that she's gonna have to deal with that for the rest of her life.
3: What's good, y'all? We're back for another episode of the regular podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Kilo. You okay? I got Shay here with me again, so we can get into the meanest and greenest debates on the on the scene. Mm-hmm. Now we ain't debating nothing. I don't think. Uh, how y'all been? I've been cool, chilling, chilling, maxing, and everything shay you want to tell anybody anything about anything?
1: No, everything's cool.
3: All right, cool. Now, what y'all heard at the beginning of the podcast today was the two jurors, however you you know, two two people that were on the jury. They decided to do an interview with Good Morning America and and talk about why they gave Amber Geiger the sentence that they gave her. Uh now, before we get into that, last podcast, we speculated and, and guessed pretty much whether or not the state did enough to prove that she was guilty. And we found out that the state did do enough, and they, they got Amber Geiger convicted of murder, not manslaughter, murder. And so people, um, people celebrated some, but then most people said... Nah, Mm -hmm. we about to wait because these things get get shaky when it's time to sentence these white people. Right. And that's exactly what happened. My prediction was that they would give her 15 plus years. I don't remember if I said it on the podcast, but I told Shay, I think they're going to give her 15 plus years. Uh, Shay said that her prediction was five. Mm -hmm. My man, Jay, I know Jay going to listen to this. Jay said that he thinks she's going to get 10 or less. Um, He had it on the money They gave her 10 years For the murder of Botham John And she'll ser- She'll have to serve at least 50% before she can go up for parole So uh, and, and more than likely the, the parole board will let her out yeah. Let her out the first time she goes In front of that parole board So she'll, she'll probably just end up doing Five years in, in a month or two or something Whatever it takes to process her paperwork And get her out of there and she'll do what I didn't hear them sentence her to any probation after she got out so I, I mean, mean if
1: she's on if she gets out on parole wouldn't that be her They married? might
3: have a little parole supervision but that's totally up to the people that let you out right you know like yeah that's totally up to the people that let you out so um f- how you feel about the about the uh sentence
1: um i think it was real light i mean it was just way too light of a sentence to me um, do I need to move it?
3: Don't touch it. Like right there. I told okay. You, grab this and move it.
1: Okay, move it forward. All right. I think it was um too light of a sentence. I I did expect it. I actually expected it to be shorter. Um, but I I still thought that she would only do at least five years in jail. Um, I you know I, I'm upset with it but i I did expect it I just it just it really is irritating, and the whole watching the whole case kind of like <laughs> was just getting me more and more mad because I just kept seeing these white women and 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 now that I've seen that the black man was doing it too, they just got up there and they started crying, and people like sympathized with them, and they were able to um you know use certain things like her, um you know, being molested and things like that as a, you know, really and truly, I feel like they were just using that to get people to kind of sympathize with her. Not saying that that's not something that you should sympathize. you should definitely sympathize with somebody for that. But this is, it's just so many people that that's their background. I mean, there's a lot of men and women in the system who has been molested or sexually assaulted. And and people don't take that into consideration when it came when it comes to sentencing them, especially for something like murder. So, um, I just you know, it just it was irritating but I kinda expected it and that's about it. So
3: Well, I'm not emotionally attached to it in any way because uh it's just another case, but I was interested in it because I wanted to accurately predict what was gonna happen. I got the the um the conviction part right. Didn't get the time right. The uh because I'm not one of the I, I'm different from a lot of people when when it comes to people going to prison. Like I don't want anybody to go to prison. I don't think it's needed. You know what I'm saying? Other countries they got other methods of handling people like that. And I'm I'm more down with that than I am with prison. But the uh so the time. As far as the time goes, I, I more so just wanted to accurately guess. That was all that was. The, now, what's in the news more than anything, though, is how things are being handled by people surrounding the case, not Amber Geiger herself. Because there's a lot of strange stuff going on. Now, um, she, Amber Geiger had this African chick, black woman, testify on her right. behalf. She had two Mexican chicks testify on her behalf. She had pretty much the judge, black woman, I guess, from some sorority. Uh, these Greek people, I don't, I don't. They're not, they're not. Uh, the the judge pretty much throwing all kind of stuff at the case to pretty much make the jury know, hey, we're trying to go light on her. They they let they they said, listen, y'all can use the castle doctrine. And then when it came the after they passion. after they got conv- convicted, then she let them know. Hey, you can use this sudden passion law also. So she was trying to let them know, the judge was trying to let the jury know how she felt that things should, maybe you should take your life because it was a mistake. She didn't mean to do it. She's a police officer. She's a good person. And, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't give her a heavy sentence either if I was given a chance. And that's how that the judge handled it. So what you seen going around after the, the situation was over, the judge went up to the lady, read her a little Bible scripture or some shit. She gave her a Bible. Too. And, yeah, she, she started talking to her about the Bible, gave her the Bible, which they was going to take from her as soon as she got in jail. Good. And um, gave her a long hug and embrace Now, I know people in Texas are very strange to me, but they just took the cake. They just took it to a whole new level. With, with the dis- the black display in those t- in that Texas courtroom. Mm-hmm. You had the black lady fixing her hair while she was crying after she got uh, convicted. Rubbing her hair. She was like, pretty much bringing her tissue, like c- comforting her after she was just convicted of murdering that man. And then the judge with the hugging thing. And then the I brother, the brother goes on a stand afterwards to give Vic family impact statements. Now, family impact statements normally, from what I understand, are used to influence or suggest how the parole board handles the person going up for parole. I never known them to do family impact statements in the courtroom right after sentencing while the person that just been sentenced is still sitting right there. Never seen it. Never heard of it. I don't know anything about that process. I'm not sure what was going on in that courtroom the other day. Very odd.
1: I'm sorry. I I had a question. Um did they do that before the sentencing or after? Nah, no, that or? was
3: after the sentencing. That it's not even supposed to be well, I won't say it was supposed to be because Texas is clearly strange. But normally it's not even right then like the the lady who just got convicted of murder it's like almost like they was like trying to slow the process down so she didn't have to go into the jail. Even after that I saw a video of her leaving out the courtroom. She went into the hallway to go sign some paperwork. That's not what they do to you. That's not what they do when you get sentenced. When you get sentenced, they handcuff you and walk you to the jail. They took this lady in the hallway into like some in front of some desk, uncuffed her, and then let her sign some paperwork. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about Texas, man. I don't know. I don't even know if that
1: lady went
3: to jail. I don't know what's. I don't know what that whole thing is about, man. Texas, Texas got to get it together because we see. What you have heard of Texas in the past is that Texas is pretty harsh with their sentencing on black men. Yeah. But even 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 then though, even if the sentence was light, all the other stuff they did after that sentencing was just nuts. It was out of order. I, even if they would have just gave her ten years, then we would have just been talking about the ten years. Mm-hmm. But the the people hugging up on her and reading her Bible scriptures and all this other stuff that was going on, all of that was very odd. Now some people have filed a, a, a formal complaint against the judge because I'm sure a lot of people have been sentenced in her courtrooms before. I'm sure they'll never find another picture of her hugging anybody after being convicted Especially, of
1: murder. yeah, convicted of murder.
3: I'm sure they won't find that, that, that picture or video of that happening. So the brother, Botham John's little brother, he goes on a stand to give a family impact statement. And what he says is, uh, and he, now in his defense... I wouldn't have done it anyway. But in his defense, he said that he didn't know that there were cameras on still because this is family impact statement. And like I said, it's not normal to do family impact but statements. does that matter? If that's his person... he Because was- I've I seen a... Um, Yvette Carnell made a-, made a comment about how since he made it a public spectacle that everybody can comment on it publicly. But if he didn't mean to... Like, if you're just some regular old little Christian nigga and you want to be all Christian and all that dumb shit, if you want to be... Oh I forgive you Just give your life over to Christ All that type of stuff Then okay If he's saying he didn't want that To be broadcast to the world Then okay I'll give him that Because he he probably wouldn't have done that If he known he was going to be on TV Which is why he didn't testify When the mom and the dad testified They say he purposely didn't testify then Because he didn't want to be on TV So I, I I can understand that a little bit I don't understand the whole forgiving And the going and hugging a chick But I'll give him that He wasn't trying to make a spectacle out of it And I believe him He he had a little 18-year-old boy, so I believe him on that. But what he said up there was, pretty much, I forgive Amber. And he said, I'm not speaking for my family. This is just me talking. I forgive her. I I want you to go forward with your life. I actually don't want you to go to jail. I want you to give your life over to Christ. All that type of stuff, just the, the strange stuff, the stuff that I would consider strange. But I'm not part of no religious cult or sect or nothing like that, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm, nothing like I'm that. Religious and it's I wouldn't strange. say I wouldn't say nothing. I wouldn't say or think nothing like that. And he he went up there, said that, and then he asked the judge. He didn't just go rogue up in the courtroom and walk up to this lady. He asked the judge, could he give her a hug? And actually, I'm gonna add the clip right in here.
0: I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time what you've, or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that, but I just, I hope you go to God, with all what, all the guilt, all the, thing, the bad things you may have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die, just like my brother did. But I see, I, I personally want the best for you. can I give her a hug please Please Yes
3: Right So y'all just heard that He he asked the judge If he can give her a hug right And She said Well actually he said can I go give her a hug She didn't answer The judge didn't answer Then he said please
1: Oh my god <laughs>
3: And she was like, yes. Now, this is the sick part. The judge, after him him giving his little Christian speech, the judge is up there crying. Jesus. With tissue in her hand, patting her eyes, and she crying, and if the boy done broke her down. Like, she crying, and... Um,
1: this is embarrassing. It's just a
3: whole... They, it's they, embarrassing. They made a spectacle out of that thing, man. They made, they made a total spectacle, and I, I'm not sure, like... I'm not sure how that judge is about to move forward with a reputation, with her reputation. I don't see how she's gonna. be I mean, she's gonna
1: it. be all right with the people of color and the and the white people.
3: Yeah, but I'm talking about her, her, her um, the way she looks ethically.
1: Right. That's gonna be a that's, that's gonna, gonna be a problem. Be that much of a, a, a hindrance um to her going forward. I mean, just doing that. Not to us, it looks crazy and obviously the other people cuz they they were bringing up the church somebody and state somebody filed a formal complaint Right But obviously, because of the church and state they i mean like the separation of church and state
3: there's no separation of church and state they say well, she was just wrong because they had they well, used the was bible the
1: they swear on the I bible i know but that was so the ground so no sep- well,
3: there's no supposedly there's she won't have complaint. any issue so they didn't form, they didn't file nothing pretty much they
1: did file saying. it they i'm saying it. if they
3: if they filed based on separation of church and state that that's because that's she gave her
1: a bible
3: that, but what does that mean? So everybody that got on the stand swore on the Bible. So it, okay, what but mean?
1: what I'm saying is obviously a, something that you're not supposed to do. Whether you swear on the Bible or not, there's obviously I mean, there's obviously um, some things you can and can't do. Whatever. But these and aren't uh, lawyers
3: filing complaint against her. Just some just random organization that don't that might I mean, not hold no weight. But
1: anybody I think can file a formal complaint against her. But what her.
3: I'm saying is that might not hold any. I mean, legal, it might not. It might not. Weight. But
1: but we we've, we've heard from. Um, the former the former um state attorney. I mean no, the state was it the state judge or the state judge something like that. Um, and he said and him and a lot another another lady, a legal um person that just a legal investigator. They were saying both of them that it was unethical and they gave reasons as to why But it was did they
3: unethical. say what kind of punishment she could
1: No, do. they didn't say. They That's just said it was saying. unethical. They didn't say it was like Against the rules or anything, but I'm just saying that was the grounds of the people who filed the complaint was because of the separation of church and state. Her actually giving him her a Bible. You don't know her religion. You don't like it's not okay. it's still so, like so she means, shouldn't do it.
3: That's going nowhere. Okay, so Amber Geiger got sentenced to 10 years I and mean, that wasn't even the worst part of the sentencing because everything we just named. So, uh... Those jurors that spoke at the beginning of this video, talking about, they gave her. The white man said, "We gave her ten years. Essentially, we gave her ten years because we think that's what Botham would have wanted. Both. he would not have wanted him her to ride in jail. <laughs> that's what the pretty much like if he
1: was alive.
3: Yeah, he based on based on all the testimony that everybody gave of Botham John. The juror said." We don't think he was the type of person to seek revenge and vengeance.
1: Look how white people think about us. He would have
3: wanted, and the black chick next to him was agreeing, he would have wanted him, he would have wanted her to pretty much get out, go forward with her life with this on her heart pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then the black chick gets on there and said, oh, y'all heard it, but y'all heard what she said. She said uh, pretty much like, yeah, the prosecutor said 28. I just couldn't see myself giving her 28 years for this. Like it wasn't a murder
1: A murder And then she
3: say Don't compare this To the other police killings those other policemen, they when they got out, they went back to living their normal life. But Amber Geiger, I know for sure she's remorseful about this. She's regretting it. She's going to have to live with this for the rest of her life. Like, does she know Amber Geiger? She like, don't is this know whole her, thing first set all, up. And this
1: whole time... It seems
3: like they know each other now. Not that I'm thinking maybe, about it, it seems but, like all these people know each other.
1: But we, you heard, because we didn't even discuss it. Not that it needs to be discussed, but we didn't even discuss it last time because I don't think we knew about it. But some of the text messages that were read, um, as far as like... The um, what did she say? She um, pretty much maced some people. Or was it like she was
3: macing people at the, Martin Luther, people King at the Martin Luther
1: King parade? Like, and then making jokes about Martin Luther King and all of this racist stuff, talking about the some people of certain races don't work as hard when she clearly doesn't even know how to be a freaking police and do CPR. She was talking about like, black. Races. She were talk. She was talking about black people, and it just and her
3: black cop friend lady African African chick, went up yeah. there. And defended her, even she didn't care about that,
1: and the story she told was her running out and getting a change table. It was the stupidest thing, like bringing uh you know former drug addicts up there, like to say whatever you don't you thought that that was genuine, genuine, I don't
3: thought what was genuine
1: the the drug addict um late, no no, no, lady. I thought
3: that she was actually clean, saying that no, she's still on crack, I don't think no the lady's I'm still on not crack.
1: even okay, okay, I, I don't think, think she's okay. I think that either she, I think that she was one still getting high yeah, very very recently, and also because for somebody to be able to pay somebody to get up there and do that, they can't be in their right mind. Not a black woman. No, a black we woman don't, we get, get paid like that. First
3: of all, we don't know if she got paid. I'm about to well, tell you she why. She got something because there are some black people which we've seen in that courtroom that are just like that with white people. They just think white people are better.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Some some black people. You think are just, she
1: did it for nothing? Huh? You think she came she up with could, that? No, it's because nothing? it's a
3: white woman and she looks up to white women, no matter how young and stupid they are. That's how some black people are. They just like that. That's why that judge did what she did. Somebody
1: had to give her something. Huh? Somebody had to give that. What something. did they give the judge? I mean, I don't, the, the the judge is running for something right now. She's no, being backed no, by if the she Dallas Code. She's that. running for she She's running for. Because white people and people of color Like these Mexicans and these Africans And these all of these other people Are no. going to vote for her there, uh, Because uh, of how much compassion no. she there showed was a lot of black For this people. little white lady There's a
3: lot of black people in this trial That showed us that some people Are just They just love white people The little chick that was fixing her hair That chick- That I'm Lord. just saying, that. What is? what was your purpose? Because you ain't it had just, nothing to do with the it trial. It made my
1: skin crawl. She
3: came out of nowhere to do that.
1: And to, she stroked this woman's hair. Black Black women do not like anybody. I don't know about all black women.
3: No. Not, all of the not, black women that I know. No, this case The last proved, thing you
1: could do is touch our hair. This case you proved. you rubbing your, a white woman's hair? Well, Come white on. people
3: don't feel the same way about somebody touching their
1: hair. We don't want to touch their hair just as much as they, well, Why? even more no, than that, they don't, don't want to touch don't ours. Don't
3: say we, because clearly somebody wanted to. Honey, somebody wanted to. I know unprovoked. you. And you, you're
1: not asking. Why a black are you talking woman, about me? But you will never put your hands Wait, on that. Wait, why are you talking about head. me? Okay. This is not having nothing to do. We're talking I'm about somebody saying. we
3: actually seen do it. We don't have to speculate if somebody wants to do it or not. We actually watch somebody these on TV. Are high. We watch somebody do it on TV. What you think they paid her to do that?
2: I don't know. They're not
3: paying these people. Some people just think white people are good, better. Or that they, oh, no, white people just walk into the wrong apartments and start shooting, and that's totally a mistake. That's how some people, think, that's what the black girl on the jury said. No, we know this was a mistake. Like, she grew up with Amber Geiger or something.
1: But you know what? Do you say? On, a lot of people, when these these women or men, and I know for a fact I've seen some stuff about, like, a black woman who left a child in the car for too long or whatever, maybe for an hour or two. A little too long People will say Yeah you know That sucks You know that's a mistake And you know she's gonna have to live with that But Yeah she gotta do that time Like she Cause even if it's a mistake Somebody died
3: It wasn't It was a mistake Some... To walk into the apartment She right. didn't mistakenly shoot him She meant to shoot him
1: Right She admitted
3: just... that During the trial
1: But whether it was a mistake Or not Like It like, wasn't I'm saying Even if it was or not I don't care Like you, You Something Somebody died here
3: no, that's some, like no, somebody some, like vehicular manslaughter.
1: Different. People still go to jail for that. Like Less if they don't mean years. to, right? But they don't mean to. But that will mean like they don't get they don't go to jail for but, that. Like,
3: but what I'm saying is, she admitted to purposely killing him. So for this chick to sit up in in a joint and say, we know, we know Amber didn't mean it. like she who these she these people. I don't understand. I'm gonna just chalk this up. Something is up with Texas. I'm just putting this on Texas. There's too I mean, many people you, involved. You said you
1: weren't emotionally attached. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did. I, I'm not, I got emotionally attached because
3: I'm not emotionally attached to somebody going to prison. I was. I wanted. I was. I'm interested. I wanted def- her
1: specifically to go to prison. I'm. I interested.
3: Did. I'm definitely interested in the story. I'm because I. You. I don't know if you if you've seen it, but when the trial started, I posted right, Amber yeah. Geiger trial starts today.
2: Right. It I wasn't really being interested. talked about too
3: much until she went on the stand. That's when it blew up. Because now people got to see her doing the crying and people got to see that prosecutor no, destroy like that. her. So the prosec- and y'all know another thing about the case that I noticed the the people that that they that the state used to get her convicted two white men did all of the stuff during the uh, guilty innocence phase of the trial. They let the black women, two black women prosecutors handle the sentencing part. It's almost like the state set it up for those black women to look bad.
1: Well, they made themselves look bad
3: too I don't know Maybe they rookies though
1: I mean, they, they kind of were fumbling We look, talk you about know, it They say, didn't do very good You know how
3: hard it is to, to get a cop, like, punished? Them black women They might be young They The one definitely looked young Who was stumbling a lot But they might be young prosecutors They might not be ready For no big stage joint like this
1: Well, then they shouldn't have been on there But like if somebody
3: that. assigned you the joint what you gonna do? You Tell supposed them to, you
1: supposed to bring your you bring your best and brightest. You that might bring, be,
3: but come on, you don't know how you are gonna act in a situation like that. That's that's this is the biggest case of your life, and it's coming. You you might be a rookie, okay? And these white men just went crazy. They just went. Well, they
1: went. Well, another thing too, they went crazy because they went, This they is went my hard. assumption. This is how I feel. They went hard. How I feel about it is, white men ain't as easy on white women as black women, but as these black women were. It seemed like they wasn't because some some opportunities they had to ask certain questions they didn't take the opportunity to ask these questions they didn't take opportunities. but it's like it, a it was setup. like right but like that's they what I'm, was
3: told not to
1: right but that's what I'm saying so that's what I'm saying they did that themselves like I, they I messed think they that got up orders. themselves because there was if I'm not a prosecutor and I'm like listening I'm saying oh stop right there ask that que- like ask this question what are you doing like why are you letting her go past that question or why are you letting him go past these lies that are clearly lies. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, sorry, lies. That they're just clearly lies, and you letting it just go. And then you like just insignificant points you make. But it if just, the whole was thing was bad. set
3: up, if it was set up, and they were given instructions: don't cross-examine this person, don't cross-examine this person, don't cross. If they were told specifically by their higher ups, prosecutors have bosses. So if somebody told them, don't do this, and well, we only want y'all to cross-examine this one male cop, the right, one who, and used not to work, the
1: trainer not the train of all so people. So don't
3: that it sounds like somebody told them to do this. Okay. I have a hard time If a black woman is a prosecutor, she's a shark. First of all, they don't get in those positions out of out of chance. Those women are very 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 smart. I I just know it. They they was probably told what to do up there. It's not a, I don't think it's an accident that to get the the guilty innocence phase, two white men handled it. Then during the sentencing phase, Two black women handled it, and they everything went haywire after that because it went downhill from there. I think they set them up to to look bad. Now, yeah, I, I mean, I could just put it on those women, but I don't but believe even, that. Even
1: with that though, even with that, I don't, I don't it still that. shouldn't have been such a lenience and like that was
3: the jury though,
1: right? So that's what I'm saying. Even with the, the 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 job that those black women did, it still was enough. No it wasn't I think that I think that everything was happening was still enough to be able to hold her accountable for what she did. Ten years is not holding anybody accountable what, what, for murder remember what we talked to about me.
3: remember what we talked about Why did the prosecutor mention 28 years? That don't even make sense. Why would you say she shouldn't get no she shouldn't get no less than 28 years or she should do at least 28 years. The man was 28 years old what what the hell? He should they should have been looking at his whole lifespan. Yeah. 70, 80 years, and said she need to be doing what he what his life, the amount of life that he missing out on, that's what she they said twenty-eight years, so guess what the jury thinking? We're gonna start with twenty-eight years and we're gonna debate whether twenty-eight years is fair or not. They not think about five to ninety-nine, they think about twenty-eight. And they broke it down from there. <laughs> now, why would those women, these are these are prosecutors, these are women who made it through the storm of law school. Bar exams. I'm sure these ain't the, this ain't the first case they done worked on. Hopefully. If it's the first case they worked on, I know they got set up. But I don't think it's the first case they worked on. And they don't know we shouldn't say that. They don't know we should cross-examine the person who trained and signed off on Amber Geiger to get to the street. They don't know that. I doubt it. I think they've been set up. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Now, we can move on to the to the... We can move on from there, man. Before I go on to anything else, though, let me shout out some podcasts that've been showing love to me. Can't knock the pod by Art Ward and Chip Banks. I don't really even know if Chip Banks is like a permanent host or if he's just helping Art out, but he 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 been on there the last couple episodes, so I'm just gonna assume that this did both of their podcasts together. So what's that about? Oh, they just talk about everything. Okay. Yeah, can't knock the pod. That's flip on Jay Z's. Can't knock the hustle. It's big Jay-Z fans. Um well, Art is. I don't know if Chip Banks is um but uh yeah, that's a good podcast. I like that. They three episodes in, but I could see I could see them making a strong run cuz these guys are pretty popular in, in, You know in, them personally? Yeah, they pretty popular. I don't know I don't know them personally cuz they're a little bit older than me. Mm. The one I said Chip Banks, DJ Chip Banks, he came to the to the um financial seminar, so shout out to him.
2: Okay.
3: Uh he came to the financial seminar. He recorded a lot of it too. So yeah, I appreciate that. Uh and for y'all who, if y'all don't know, I did a financial seminar in Youngstown, Ohio in April, and DJ Chip Banks came. So yeah, G- Chip Banks is part of the Can't Knock the Pod podcast. Very good. I guess they switched the woman out, because the first two episodes, they had a lady named Adriana on there. Then the last episode they did this week had a lady named Lisette on there. Uh, So I like the podcast, plus I'll be trying to support my hometown. And then another joint... It's called Static Energy Podcast. I don't know that lady, but she has a podcast. She in the city, so I'm trying to support. She got a clothing line called uh, Challenge Society, so y'all check that out. But both of those podcasts are on uh, Anchor. I need to get on Anchor because I heard them say on that podcast that regular podcasts can make money.
2: Anchor. If you put your joint on
3: Anchor, I guess... People listen, they put ads on there. I guess Anchor like will put the ad on there for you or something. I don't know. Okay. But I need to I need to figure that out because uh <clears throat> But uh yeah. So y'all go check them joints out. Uh I'll have some more joints to, to shout out. And then Zeke and uh and Wit or Cashew, I don't know what, what name y'all going by today. But uh y'all need to come on with y'all podcast. Yeah, I'm ready. What's
1: up with that?
3: I'm ready for oh, the on. Z Z and the Fox. We need to start a campaign, Z and the Fox podcast, because uh I'm
1: sick of it. So wait, is, did they say y'all... they're gonna do do it, or yes, you they just got saying... a logo and everything? Oh okay, okay. I thought you were just saying you want a podcast. No, they got now. a
3: logo. They, they where do you think I came up with that name
1: at? Uh, that ain't my name. You just said Zeke's name, in, no, and no, I said Zeke and the Fox. Okay, I said
3: that the first episode I came back. But okay. Zeke, yo, Zeke and Wit, y'all need to come on, man. I'm sick of y'all having these meme battles on Facebook. I'm trying to see a podcast.
1: Yeah, that would be very. It's gonna be good.
3: I'm I'm ready for the podcast <laughs> to come, man. Now. I had seen this post on Facebook, uh, whatever, earlier or two days yesterday or something like that. And I'm like, yo, we we got to rank Lil Wayne's top five albums because Lil Wayne is severely underrated. And it's not really because people underrate him, I don't think. I think it's because people just straight forget. They
2: forget. So
3: when I be seeing top tens, I just don't even be seeing Lil Wayne in them. And I'm like, the only way you leave Lil Wayne out of top ten is because you forgot about him. Because there's no way you look at that 10 and say all of these people are better than him. Because that's false. That just wouldn't even be truthful. There's not 10 people in the history of rap better than Wayne. No, there's not know. 10 people in the history of rap more successful than Wayne. If you just like numbers and success, you can't name 10 more successful than Wayne. Mm-hmm. So there's no way you could put together a 10. You can't name three more influential than Wayne. No. So, and you can't name two with a longer run than Wayne. So what I'm saying is, the only way somebody could leave Little Wayne out of a top ten is if you totally just forgot about him.
1: Well, you just don't like him.
3: No, you just forgot. Even if you don't like him, you just forgot. There's no way. And I now, mean, if you're fifty, if I'm... you age fifty and up, then okay, because you don't really Wayne know is Wayne top like...
1: five, type th- top three, top two to me. Yeah, so. you don't
3: know Little Wayne's music please like that please if you're over forty five years old. Okay, I understand that. But the people like if you're forty five and under, I wouldn't say forty five because Wayne only thirty five. So if you're forty years old and under, you and you don't have Wayne in your top. 10 you forgot you mean, forgot
1: my grandmother knows my little wayne so i don't but know but would like...
3: she put him in top 10 though no I'm,
1: i mean that's, when that's... i say my grandmother i mean like she knows back that thing up like well, what mean, Wabody, I mean, Wabody, but, that's what well, she
3: knows we so. it's the difference all right so let's um you give you give your top five man or you can explain how okay. you how you came up with whatever you got to do but just give your top five
1: mm, okay so my top five i did my favorite so, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not saying what's That's the most what it's successful. That's what We're not talking about successful. I'm not saying what the most successful is. I'm talking about just strictly my favorite. That's all it is. Okay. So, number one, I got Carter 2. Mm-hmm. Number two, I got Carter 1. Number three, I got Block is Hot. Mm-hmm. Number four, I got Carter 3. Mm-hmm. And number five, I got Like Father Like Son.
3: You count that as a Wayne album? I do. I mean, it's a joint album.
1: I mean... Yeah Alright that's cool That's, that's cool. my favorite It's one of my favorites So Okay and, and it had so many songs That you know I just love that album So I think it's the Wayne album And it is It's on the album So Whatever
3: Alright My number five I'm going backwards My number five album The Carter Five I feel like the Carter Five Was yeah. solid mm-hmm. It's late in his career But it was very solid And I think if that would've Came out at a different time It would've been way bigger Than it was And it was big When it came out And I feel like it just shows like you can be you can be now Wayne is not like a concept album type of dude. So even though at twenty years in, his album should have a little bit of direction. But it was still a hard album to me. I liked it. I think it's top five based on all the albums he got and some of them ain't for me. Some of his a lot of his albums ain't for me. All right, so Carter Five, number five number four, five hundred degrees. Oh no. To me, I'm sorry. like to me, five hundred degrees is when Wayne started like himself That's when Wayne started to, to become like This is when Because the next thing that come at the 500 Degrees Is the Carter And the Carter he was the man 500 Degrees is when he found out Oh I'm actually Probably better than a lot of people out here Then the Carter 3 he was was he swagged out Now a lot of people I mean not the Carter 3 The Carter 1 okay. 500 Degrees If you go listen to the, some of the stuff on Carter 1 I mean uh, 500 Degrees And the way he started rapping on 500 Degrees Wayne was starting to come into his own, which I think led him into everything he became. Cause I what round what um, five hundred degrees? That was when he was like what last year of high school, seventeen something like that. Hmm. That's the one they say he was pulling up to the high school and all the foreign cars, all that. Is that that year?
1: I don't. I'm not sure. Okay, I mean that's like what
3: oh, I don't remember the year. Two five hundred degrees is when he started when he started really. Because what was he, the he,
1: single on that? Like Shine way of was life, it Shine. Oh, the way. Okay,
3: th- that's when he like. Yo I'm I'm me Even though he was young That was young confidence But that's when he first Started knowing Okay my pen is like that I can write I can rap for real I can rap with New Yorkers Because at that time That's who was running everything mm-hmm. And that's when Wayne Started to be like Okay he's a rapper rapper Then after that Number three I got the Carter Three The Carter Three Is his most successful album But But It's some great albums on, I mean some great songs on there And I was 17 when that came out So it's big in my life Mm-hmm. So I have to have it on there. Like I can't. It's very successful, but it was a lot of moments on it that I remember. Because I just remember the first time I heard "Let the Beat Build," and I remember that one specifically. I went crazy when because I heard that was like a thing at that time. Because uh, Kanye was a was an artist, like he was one of the biggest artists mm-hmm. at that time. So for him to go do a, a beat like that with Wayne and not rap on it at all, he went completely back into the producer mode for Wayne on Wayne's biggest album. And that was a straight up moment. I remember just what was going on. That was a moment right there. Mm-hmm. And then he did the uh, I think it was, what was it called? Six Minutes of Death. I think that was on Wayne's album with Fabulous and uh who was on that? Fabulous. Six fab minutes and, of uh, death? Huh? On
1: the Carter Three?
3: Was that Fab? Was that um It was it might not have been called Six. That might be Cassidy's song. It was a song on there with Fab and somebody else where there was just straight bars on there. Song was fire. Uh and man, Carter, Carter Three was hard. Carter 3 was oh, very. Oh,
1: the, the You Ain't Got Nothing? Jewel's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: Jewel's. That's right, who it was. Okay. That song was fire. And this yeah. is when Jewel's. See, we didn't know that Jewel's was about to go the route he went, you know, with the crack and all that. I
1: knew. Like, Jewel's Not was. crack, the-
3: but. What, 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 I, I mean, knew he wasn't
1: going to be as big as everybody was thinking.
3: He should have been. Drugs took him out, and, and that whole Dipset breaking up thing, that, that messed Jewel's up. He was young. I mean, a young Jim dude.
1: jones been the guy, though. He was always the guy. No, he
3: wasn't always the guy. We'll he wasn't we'll the guy we'll until Ballin' came out.
1: And that
3: was. That was 07. Dipset had been out for. Right, and that came time.
1: out what? When the Carter Three come out? Oh wait. Okay.
3: He wasn't always the guy. Anyway though, but um, so yeah, Wayne's Carter Three, very big guy, and I see some people think that the Carter Three is Wayne's best album. It's not to me. Now my number two is the Carter, the first Carter. I love the first Carter. Mm-hmm. He just got too much shit on there, and like I said, that five hundred degrees leading into the Carter, Wayne was Wayne when the Carter came out. Now.
1: Wayne was different when the Carter came out. Now we talking he was about different. He was we talking way about, different from what he'd been before.
3: Now he wasn't the biggest he wasn't doing all the platinum numbers and all that, but Wayne, now people that's our age, when the Carter came out, it was over. That was Wayne completely was our a guy. transformation. I think I think what Wayne was to us at that time would be like what uh what like to us at the, like young hood kids and kids like I think mm-hmm. that would be like what um who is like that right now? Like, um, cause see, Wayne got. I'm like, thinking who about Wayne. See, like no, I'm right thinking now. about like, Wayne because Wayne is so like, big, what,
1: like little baby in him Wayne
3: is so big; it's hard to even compare anybody to him because Wayne just ain't a street rapper. He actually is a global icon, so it's hard to compare. But, but he
1: before that though, he was a street rapper.
3: But I know I'm saying it's hard so. to separate because everything I know about him.
1: I mean, go so DJ say, was the biggest thing ever at that time. Like that was like, just the huge.
3: Who would be? Who would be somebody that these little I, I kids is just know. zoomed in on? They would be NBA Youngboy.
1: Oh right, that's somebody what I was like it, about. like
3: the way that, like Carter when Carter came out. That's what, what I don't be even like,
1: think it's even like that. No, it he's is. He's Big. Little, no, I mean, he, little kids. Lil just, Wayne was just yeah. maybe no, maybe we was feeling it different. Well, no, I'm saying we just probably
3: we were zoomed in, but he wasn't that big yet. Okay. And when the Carter came, nah, he still he was still our guy, like the young people. But NBA young, like the way we was focused on everything Wayne was doing, that's how they these kids is like zombied out for NBA young boy. That's how that's I, that's the only thing I could think I, of.
1: I remember people changing their names on MySpace to his name, like just that was well, their not, name. not the Like Carter. not MySpace. I'm saying like just period, like Carter, the Carter two, we in Carter, Carter three, three and stuff like that. The Carter we was in like middle school.
3: The Carter Elementary, or oh, oh, was that oh one oh two? Man, I miss my dog. We that was about was, to all go. that stuff was like middle school. We was going into middle school.
1: We was in like sixth, sixth grade.
3: Sixth grade, I was still in elementary. Okay,
1: well.
3: But yeah, so my my elementary school was was up to sixth grade. So yeah, some people was in middle school, but um the Carter was the one that when when people our age and we was born in nineteen ninety people our age that's the that's the one with the like because another thing that um happened around that same time which i think changed the the course of rap history wayne's verse on destiny's child soldier that was around that same time and what wayne said to me changed first of all like it it almost made it like when people think about rap and southern rap they don't even put wayne in there with them it's like they they think like no wayne is too good so we just don't count him with the south Which don't make sense. He's a southern rapper. Wayne changed the way you rhyme in songs, right? Because before that, it was like the words had to be the same ending, right? Hat, cat, bat, I'm a hustler, you a buster, like stuff like that. That's how rapping was before that. Wayne said, if you don't see me on the block, I ain't trying to hide. I blend in with the hood, I'm camouflaged. I remember being in school talking about those two words don't even rhyme. (laughs) I remember that vividly. And this is, a feature that he did with a with an R and B pop girl group, and he was talking like that, body marked up like a subway in Harlem, call him. Like this is this is, he changed rap. and people almost kind of forget that Ti was on that song. This is Rubber Band Man Ti Ti was bigger than Wayne at that time. Was he? But that verse, I
1: don't think Ti was bigger than, T. than T. Wayne. Ti was,
3: was bigger than Wayne at that time.
1: Okay.
3: Because Ti wasn't nobody's little guy. Wayne was like you. Juvie was still around at that time, but BG, Wayne had
1: nothing. There was no ju. There was no cash money like Juvenile. I mean, there was cash money, but there was no Wayne and Juvie no more. Like that had already no, ended. No, I'm,
3: no, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about the fact that that's just still at when when Soldier came up, Wayne still wasn't like bigger than these other people yet.
1: Mm.
3: Ti was 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 like that at well,
1: that time. Yeah,
2: cause I think it was a lot of people that, that was bigger out.
3: than Wayne at that time when that song came out. Ludacris and nelly and eminem was probably the biggest and jay-z and dmx mm-hmm. so it'd be jay-z dmx eminem Ludacris. Not DMX at that time oh you bugging early 2000s when did soldier come out probably what, what's some uh
1: 2001
3: 2002
1: okay that came out on uh cater K- K- to you i mean um nah. fulfilled fulfilled
3: but look Wayne, Wayne still wasn't in that group of people That was at the top yet He wasn't even nowhere near it Nobody was looking at him like he was up there with them Because he wasn't like that yet But Wayne changed rap with that line right there mm-hmm. Rhyming, the rhyme schemes, everything after that Hip hop changes with that Because then That
1: was 04 Oh, soldier was? Yeah
3: Okay So then that would have been after Carter No, that was it before was, Carter 2 though Okay, yeah. so yeah what what part of uh... November two thousand four
1: November okay. two
3: thousand four. Okay, I think T I was definitely bigger than him at that time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Bring
1: yeah, him yeah, out. Yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, he so T I was bigger. He than was bigger.
3: Him. T. So T. so it was it was later than I thought, but T I know T I was bigger than him until Carter Two came. And out.
1: that song was November fifth. Well, no no, no. When well, I think so.
3: about it, T I was bigger than Wayne for a lot of the two thousands when I th- when I think about it, because then ATL came out, King versus, versus T I P all that. I mean King. The I T. mean T. I. Carter T. I. Two.
1: Still what you know huge. about
3: that? Like T.I. No, was No, I
1: get it, but Fireman, like
3: it was Well, Wayne probably Wayne was on that. T.I. was more like almost like pop star rap at no, that time. T.I. was big.
1: T.I. was big and, and he I, was still
3: bigger than Wayne at that time. No. He I don't was know. bigger than Wayne until Wayne went on a mixtape run. That was 06-07. TI was. Right, huge. that's what
1: I'm saying. So when but when Wayne went on a mixtape run, it was a rap. Like there was, nah, was, was no it, it was separate it was a separation it from everybody. It was still not a rap
3: because then the beef with Shawnee Lowe went public. Um, big shit poppin T.I. had smash hits on King album
1: No, yeah, he did T.I. was but still I'm, bigger I'm, than Wayne I guess I'm just thinking more impact Because I, I just feel like Lil Wayne had more And maybe just my age group Lil Wayne was the biggest thing ever Like he was yeah, the biggest But But is our
3: age group too though And Tip was bigger yeah. than Wayne for most but, of the
1: but 2000s But T.I.'s first album I'm Came serious. out when we was in like 6th grade but then he kept, then he dropped. Right, um, and then he did. The next he did trap music. Trap music trap was music, when we were going in urban the middle legend, school. That was huge. Then
3: Ti versus Ti or King, King Then Ti versus, versus Like, Ti ran the two thousand when you think about it for real.
1: He had a lot of singles because even um, what was the song? His the album one cuts too. After trap music, what was the urban album? legend? Urban legend had yeah. the bring him out. Yes, there was there was nothing but singles on it. I mean, T. nothing T. I was but, but
3: singles. Ti was probably the bigger. He was definitely I just, bigger most I don't of 2000. I
1: just can't. I don't know.
3: No, he was. T.I was bigger most of the 2, but the thing about it is cuz then when I give you my number 1 album, this is when everything changed. The Carter 2. When the Carter 2 come out, that's when now Wayne knows he's better than everybody else. <laughs> At the now when Carter 2 come out, he, now now I know I'm better than these niggas. Now I'm rapping slower on slower beats. Now I can rap like what's the joint where he did um uh, it's a song on there where he like, yo, these niggas think they better than me. He just rap it. It's just all bars. It's no hook on the song. I'm a
1: keyboard. C- um, no, what song? Oh,
3: I can't even think of the name of the joint. But but he going in on on it. Um, and and Wayne, this is when this is when Wayne is knowing now. Yo, I'm better than everybody. Uh, cause look, the mob. He come in with the, the mob, mob was
1: crazy. Mm-hmm.
3: Fly mm-hmm. in, money on my mind, hard fireman hard yeah i think mo fire is that the one i'm thinking about hold up no that ain't it at all um (laughs) man i like that song too though but best rapper alive he killed that that's when he was. He was now. It was a hook on that. It wasn't. It was like a sample, really. I, I
1: think Best I
3: rapper Sh- live was fire. My favorite song on there though was I'm a D Boy. I used to have that D-boy song was on the repeat.
1: Ring, my ringtone. I, and I was that not song on a
3: D-boy. Remember Shooter? Shooter with Robin Thicke?
1: I didn't like Shooter.
3: But it was that was a single though. that was yeah. Hard, people liked it. Hard. I
1: didn't like Shooter. That was the one thing I didn't like. But yeah, I'm a D Boy was it was my song. Hit
3: and him I up. I don't even know why. Hit him up was on there. Like, man, he like. I'm a D- Boy was definitely. Oh no my,
1: was I think you're talking about Oh No.
3: what?
1: That song you were saying? Um oh, yeah Oh yeah, no was that's it. What it was Oh right. no was the one where he was that giving was crazy.
3: All, all the all the bars. <laughs> well, well really I named a few that he was giving straight but, bars. Yeah, though. yeah, but
1: that one was like Yeah, he Wayne, just Wayne
3: Wayne. So Wayne's top five to me is number one, the Carter Two, number two, the Carter, number three, Carter three, number four, five hundred degrees, number five, the Carter Five. Now Y'all, y'all rank Wayne's top five or whatever. Y'all let me know what y'all got. I think, like, most people are going to have at least the first three Carters in there. Yeah. You didn't have... Tell me a little though. No, you I didn't. You didn't have Carter 3? I, I had Carter 2. Oh, okay. I had
1: Carter 2, 1, and 3, but okay. I had Block is Hot, which I'm, that's one of my favorites. So.
3: Yeah, Block is Hot was cool.
1: But 500 Degrees, when I made a 10 list, that was the dead last album. Like,
3: I... I like 500 Degrees. 500
1: Degrees, and, and I'm saying it because everybody that I was around... It was like a chip off it like it was like, Oh, Lil Wayne sound different now. We don't like him no more. Five hundred like, degrees it, it, hard. It and we we kinda got back to him when uh Carter One came out. But after Lights Out and Block is hot, we're like, Okay, that's our guy. And then five hundred degrees was like, Man, who was he trying to sound like? He trying to sound like somebody else. Nobody liked it around us. So
2: five hundred I didn't
1: like he was
3: he was, he was he was on he was on because he was young. You I think he was like 16, 17. Yeah, but lights
1: out was crazy to me. I'm just like saying. it was like it didn't was, sound... Because he was doing a lot of stuff with Static Major. And I like Lollipop, but other than that, I don't really like him and Static Major together like that. You know, just didn't, they don't mesh well to me. Wayne so. is
3: fine. We, we we have to make sure, like, especially people our age. I don't, I don't expect people that's outside our age range to really be on it like that. But, like, us especially, because Wayne and Kobe get that same type of situation where people just kind of skip over them and go mm-hmm. straight... Drake, Jay Z, or straight Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Like Wayne is very much the Kobe Bryant Kobe of rap. Kobe is like, my, it's, the, it's, go, the, to it's me. the same thing. To so me, so we gotta make sure, like, as people that's us '90s babies, we gotta make sure that they don't try to like just forget. Cause a, a whole, you gotta think about it. A rap dynasty was built on Wayne's back. Yep. Cash Money has sold over a billion. Uh, no, 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 not a billion. They have done.
1: He said over a billion.
3: A billion records sold. Yeah, they they the highest selling rap record label in history. In this this is built off of Wayne's back, man. If
1: there would be even, no Drake. We didn't even get into the mixtape runs. That was even that's crazy. Yeah, Drake and
3: those. Nicki wouldn't have signed to Cash Money if there was not for Wayne. A lot of the a lot more money was made off of Drake, but Drake was enabled by Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. Little Wayne didn't get Drake and then try to shadow him and, and make him go to the background and just steal all his music and never let him put no music out. Like, they seen the talent, and they put Drake out now. And I feel those
1: it. features were crazy with just him and Wayne going back and forth. Like, all right. of the features that they had was still Wayne at the, at his prime, like, just yeah. rapping And Wayne crazy. could
3: still rap like that now, and he has been doing it. Like, his song with Mona Lisa with Kendrick Lamar, like, he bodied that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like Wayne can still rap now He been Wayne gives features out still And he Like Wayne show love To these young people Man he was on XXX Tentacion's album He's on Cash Doll's album He was on Raekwon's album Wayne is still Very 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 active For somebody that been In 20 years now Over 20 years Cause it's 2000 great. His first album Came out in 99 Right He has been rapping
1: I mean I years. mean uh Gorilla Warfare came out 96.
3: Was that his solo?
1: I mean he was in it. So well, yeah, I mean I'm he was his he was first, a, his a huge part of that album. His
3: first album cuz in 96 he would have so, been 12 13.
1: Yeah, and he was good in that. Like good on that. So If that's
3: what you like. But I'm just saying though, Wayne, we can't we can't let these 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 people like kind of like act just cuz Wayne look crazy now and you know we think he might be something going on with him like nah. Let's I don't get care how he looks. Let's he, reel he, it back in listen. and re- and realize who this man is <laughs> and what he's done for rap. All right. Now, next thing I want to give you all little, my little predictions. I want to get these predictions out the way for um, U- a URL event. This is for my battle rap fans, but I'm from the culture. And all of that, the culture talk, that's battle rap talk. Now a lot, I know a lot of people use that, but the culture is battle rap talk. Now, for the culture, I have to give my predictions. I want to get them out now because the event is on Sunday. So I want to see how right or wrong I am. Now, the event is called Lockdown. It's in Philadelphia. This is URL Smack's first event ever in Philadelphia. Now, let me tell y'all why that's significant. Some of y'all thinking, okay, so the reason that's significant is because Philly is the city. Philly and New York are the two cities that are responsible for building battle rap into what it is today. An industry. The the top battle rappers were Murder Mook, T-Rex, and... Reed Dollars Reed Dollars was the biggest battle rapper Out of Philadelphia in the mid 2000's This is when Meek Mill was trying to battle He was trash though This is when Elliot Ness E Ness was battling Hollow Man NH Kaboom Joey Jihad Philly is a major part of battle rap So for Smack to never have done an event there And I think it might have been because of some hostility with New York Philly and New York they got a thing with them So I think it had a little bit to do with that But now they're doing the first event, and the, and and it makes so much sense that the headliner of the event is Cassidy. Cassidy's from Philly, so he finally, so now that he's back active in the battle culture, he was able to get Smack to bring a battle to his city and do it at TLA. You might have heard TLA is called the Theater of Living Arts. If you remember on Nipsey Hussle's album, he said, uh, "Did a show at TLA." Or sold out tla you know what i'm saying tla is 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 a venue that mainstream industry artists go to and do their shows so smack is going there to do his event this is going to be a major event man first time in philly as battle rep fans that ain't from up there we don't even know how this philly crowd is about to be because philly is a hostile place period just They're just a hostile place when it comes to sports and things like They're just hostile fans. They don't really like nothing. So, it's about to be very interesting. Now, let me give my predictions now. First, the headliners. Cassidy versus Arsenal. Now, I have to... I, it's, it's, I don't want to pick this, but I got to pick it. I'm picking Arsenal for that battle. The reason I got to pick Arsenal is because Arsenal is just hard to beat like not saying he can't be beat the way that I feel about Arsenal is either Arsenal loses bad or he wins it's no close Arsenal don't have to me not really except until this Geechee Gotti battle to me Arsenal don't really have no close battles he be killing people or he just dies he gets killed I don't see a lot of debatable Arsenal battles to me that's how I feel about it and Arsenal like when you when people who feel like they just gonna beat him a lot of times it don't go good for them. Like, And Cassidy is, Cassidy, now Cassidy battled goods, he battled disaster. He's never seen anybody like Arsenal, I can guarantee that. Even though he said he's 5,002 and 0, he got 5,002 battles and all this. Promise he's never seen anybody like Arsenal. Arsenal's whole slogan is, I'm here, up in another nigga face, on another nigga stage, in another nigga state. Or I, I mix the words around But I know that I mixed it around So I'm, I'm, you know Now Arsenal is notorious For going to other people's house And battling them It almost didn't work out too well For him in Detroit Because Trick Trick was on his head During that battle He had to Hey He had to cop all the pleas He was scared They almost killed him up there But you know He made it home alive And it's all good So um, uh, He'll be a lot more safe And uh in, in Philly, he going to have Fatboy SSC on his side. Fetty Wop going to be on his side. The whole Newark, New Jersey is riding for Arsenal right now, man. They had documented on video saying, I'm riding with Arsenal. As much as everybody loves Cassidy, a lot of people riding with Arsenal. I got to go with Arsenal too. Next, K-Shine versus Reed Dollars. Now, I just said Reed Dollars is a legend in Philly on this battle rap scene. But K-Shine is a killer. K-Shine is going to kill him sorry to say i like reed and i think reed is getting better now that he's back into the swing of things but i gotta give it to Kayshan is 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 running through shit right now like i don't know how else to say it i don't know how else to say it kashan is running through things right now next battle twerk versus calico oh i hope a fight don't break out during this battle man Oh, I hope a fight don't break out Because these two dudes got a lot of tension They both about 6'5", they both heavy They both just be talking mad shit They both act like ain't nobody gonna do nothing to me uh, uh, Twerk is Piru Calico's BMF, he keeps a crew with him Super deep, everywhere he goes No matter what state he's in He has a whole slew, a pack of BMF guys with him Like it's just about to be very, very interesting very interesting. I'm I'm from the Midwest. I'm going with Calico. Calico's style is just more my flavor. Now, Twerk is, twerk is very creative. Twerk, twerk and Rum Nitty, these two dudes are the most creative, probably creative barsmiths that I've seen, period. Twerk is very creative with his stuff, and his performance is good. But Calico just know how to talk to people, man. Calico just know how to He just know He just know how to talk to people And you just be like Damn he That wasn't even a bar But Like that Like That's how Calico be rapping And make you be like Damn he just said it like that Cause he be Like we talking about that street Now it, It might not Resonate with everybody the same Because He talking it a different way So Man listen Calico man Calico is hard to beat I'm going with Calico Calico is very hard. And look, Midwest confidence is different. I, I know sometimes you know, and I've been trying to tell people why the baby acts the way he acts because he's from Ohio for real.
1: Oh my God! When is, how is from he from Cleveland. Ohio?
3: He lived in Cleveland until he was nine years old.
1: Honey, what?
3: No, listen to what I'm saying. He has the mindset of an Ohio nigga. Like he don't. He's overly even when he's not doing something good. He's overly confident about it. That's some Ohio. Because he
1: shit. from because hes from I'm, I'm at try- nine.
3: Yes, at nine. What are you talking about? Okay. You get shaped at very early age. He Am was I there from too. Fort Bragg? You're from North Carolina. Just because you I'm don't not claim from it,
1: North Carolina. Stop it. Because <laughs> you don't want to claim I'm saying it. like don't, you, you that's not
3: Lucy. Because you don't want to no. claim something.
1: Oh my god. Because okay. you
3: don't want to claim it.
1: That's not even his formative gears. Like what are that's you not what. About? That's not even like his formative gears.
3: So what? Every I bet you everybody in North Carolina could tell he wasn't from North Carolina just because you don't want. to claim He acts
1: it. like somebody from Charlotte. Shit. He does. You
3: ain't even. I lived in Charlotte. No, he don't.
1: Okay. What are All you right. talking about? Okay.
3: No, he don't. He acts if, like
1: a confident country dude. He Shay, does. He, when he acts you like come, a country dude When you from come Charlie.
3: from another state and move somewhere, the people that are there can tell that you're not from there. Okay. It don't matter what age you was. They know he not from there. They okay. can tell you. not let you have that.
1: The baby from Cleveland. Not let you have that. But is I Cleveland? know. Cleveland? What you he say from?
3: Cle- Cleveland, man. Okay.
1: He's from Cleveland.
3: He's from, he's, he has, he acts. It, now, really, oh, he I reminds me of it. my little brother. That's what, Every time I see him he I'm like Yo, he, he's reminds just, he's, he's got a he reminds
1: me He reminds me of himself, my little brother not, it, No he
3: acts But country just dudes like, act like
1: that all the time like no, he, I don't. None like of these it. country
3: dudes Remind me of my little He acts just <laughs> like My little brother And a lot of people That I know that Rap back home He mm-hmm. acts just like them Okay The baby has that It's a thing I'm just. T- it's a thing Where it's like Blind confidence Where you might not Even be that good But you're gonna still Act like you're shit I think he's
1: that good I think he's
3: good I'm not saying he's not good I'm saying like When Calico loses He acts like it didn't happen he acts like he just killed somebody,
1: and that also could be like a, a, a no. something might be absolutely wrong. No, I'm t-
3: okay, maybe it might be. I'm just like saying delusion. that's a thing. No, but that's a thing where we come from is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, that's just a thing. Like it don't matter how bad you lost something, you're just going to act like you won. <laughs> that's just a thing.
1: I'm glad you're saying that. Okay. I'm just
3: telling you that's a thing. I, I know it. I recognize it in us. That's just right. what, that's okay. just how he is. I don't know. I don't know why we like that, but that's just what we are. Okay. I'm just saying. And I see yeah, it in I debate. When I, that's the thing. Because I was like, yo, key bit, I didn't know he was from Ohio, but I'm like, yo, this nigga remind me of Devron.
1: <laughs> he does remind me of I just kept saying Dev. like,
3: yo, he remind me of my brother, He man. does
1: remind me of Dev, but it's because Dev is, out, is cocky. When I
3: found out that boy was from Cleveland, I said, that makes sense. Because we got blind <laughs> confidence, man. I'm telling you.
1: Listen, you know what? You Let me tell you. I'm trying to tell I, you. Listen, I—if you was talking about what's the other kid name from Cali? What kid? Um, but I like his music. Oh God, what is his a name? Mainstream yes. A mainstream rapper. Yes, a mainstream mm-hmm. rapper. The the blue, fa- blue face. Oh, blue face. Like Ohio. him. Listen, yes. I get that right That's what I'm trying to tell you. But no, the baby acts like he's from. He's just a country dude hey, with some with arrogance. From, from North Carolina, he dresses country, North, he acts country. Dudes in North Carolina
3: know he ain't from there. Oh my God. I'm telling you, they know he's not from there, they're not confused right. about now. The baby him.
1: acts now. Blue actually, the baby acts so much like Dev to me, like he acts like him to me, yes. Like, but nah, I can't come on, with, man. He not acts not exactly
3: like my little brother.
1: He, he acts like somebody that plays too much, he no, acts like somebody that acts. Can just, be a little. And
3: another, just like you just and brought it up. he probably
1: can fight. So he probably, she like, okay. Just, I'm glad you brought can it up. Fight, I'm like, glad
3: you brought it up. Blueface, he's from Ohio. He acts like. I know he's like from it.
1: Ohio, but I'm saying. I'm saying he acts like. He acts like you. Like arrogant. Acts like it. Arrogant. That's how we are. I mean, are. I shouldn't say arrogant, but yeah. Whatever.
3: That's how we are. I'm trying to Listen, tell you something. That's a maybe the baby
1: thing. has a certain confidence because he can actually fight and he, and he's he's pretty he's pretty good at rapping i'm just saying but he acts like a country that, but I'm, that but, know but, he but, can fight okay just
3: imagine that the baby's famous if you go to ohio you'll meet a bunch of people like that okay they're not famous they can't fight they can't do nothing good but they act like that <laughs> right. i'm trying to tell you something that's good.
1: delusion though that's
3: how calico is just let me that's bring it delusion. back to the battle. i don't it don't matter that's just how we are we we just think like like better than them people what's his
1: name loaded lux had pretty much beat him and he was like i killed you exactly
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how he
1: is. That's delusion, though.
3: That's not delusion, because he did win the first round. The second round was debatable. I gave it to him. I think You he just won. like
1: Calico. He, I it just didn't, said that. I don't even watch battles, but he did not win that battle at all.
3: I just, I just, just, That's what I say. I vibe more with what he be he talking did about not win than that other battle. stuff. Because somebody with a bunch of words don't impress me, because I'm somebody with a bunch of words. So you got to say something no, that
1: else. Got, no, a lot of Lux was better than him. You got to say something
3: else, because... He choked the first round. Then the third round, all right. he did was talk about well, his dad. Okay, you had a good that angle. That was a good angle. I'll give that you that. That was good. What did he say in the second round? Well,
1: Thank you. listen, okay. the third Next, round was all he needed. I got Calico. He killed him.
3: Okay, I got Calico in, against Twerk. Geechee, got and Tay Rock. This will be the most interesting battle of the night. Not interesting. This will be the best. The, interesting, no, the most interesting will be Cassidy and um, Arsenal because... We got to see Cassidy bounce back. We've never seen Cassidy battle two times this close to each other. Last time he battled was in April. He's battling again in October. Did he
1: do good in April?
3: He was cool. He definitely won the first. That's the one he battled here. He battled goods. Okay. He He lost, though, but he don't think he lost, and a lot of people don't think he lost either. I probably got to watch it again. He might have won. Anyway, Cassidy act like a Midwest nigga now. He he act like a Midwest nigga because he don't think nothing he do is wrong. He might be delusion. He's
1: weird. <laughs> now,
3: Gitchi Gotti versus Twerk. I mean, I'm tripping. Gotti versus Tay Rock. That will be the best battle of the night. I'm going to tell you why. Because Tay Rock now has to prove he's not soft, which everybody in battle rap now why, knows he he's, very, he's very soft. Tay Rock is probably the softest in battle rap. But he he tried to act so tough. Remember I was just talking the other day? You don't get clowned for things that are just you. But if you act like it's not you, you're going to get clowned. Gichi Gotti like I told you Certified Mm-hmm. Crit.
1: mm-hmm. I Pe- still don't understand his name But go ahead
3: His people from, from down that way oh, Okay um, He's certified Like people Like you know Street people can vouch for him Because he's one of the street people That can vouch for somebody else He's mm-hmm. like that You know how you could You go ask somebody In some other city about some rapper Most of the time it's like They're not like that mm-hmm. That's not the case for Geechee Gotti And Tay Rock his whole credibility is on the line right now because that fight that happened with Murder Mook, Calico versus Briz, Rothstein, and, and T Top, Tay Rock was standing right there. Those are Tay Rock's guys. He didn't help them. They was getting mopped up there on that stage. He didn't he, help them.
1: So he sucked.
3: That's what I'm saying. So he up there talking about Calico. I'm cool with them. Why you do Calico, Dad? Why are you swinging at me? I'm cool.
1: He was saying Nigga, he's, that up there.
3: He said it on an interview after. Oh, afterwards. I thought he was saying it
1: Bro, as they were fighting. Bro, it
3: don't matter if you cool with him. He's <laughs> cool with you too. He swung at you though. What <laughs> it's nothing else to talk about after that. He swung no nope, he don't that means it's all out the window. So I mean, what do you like so he oh, like, man. "Bro, what the fuck are you swinging at me for? Uh, why don't you fight back, nigga?
1: That's like that that, <laughs> that video when the dude was swinging at the um big dark skin boy and he was like, "Um,
3: Oh, damn, my nigga, you got that. To... <laughs> oh, I wish I had yes, the clip of that. What it was. They were slap boxing. Yes, yeah,
1: so he was like, damn, my nigga, you good. Or yeah, 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 yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. That was super, that was wild. <laughs> that
1: was so funny to me, Yeah, that ahead. was
3: crazy. But, but Tay Rock, pretty much. So, Tay Rock's, everything about Tay Rock is on pebbles right now. He's, he don't have no foundation right now. And he's battling the worst person for this type of situation that he's in. Gotti <laughs> is about to talk so Crazy to this
2: dude,
3: man. and I'm no—I normally side with Tay Rock because the crowd loves Tay Rock. But when you have an incident that happens, and now people are looking at you with the eyes of judgment, the judgment eyes in battle rap are the most harsh eyes <laughs> in in any sport. When people in battle, the battle rap fans are looking at you with judgment, waiting to see how you handle this, and we already seen it because I'm about to tell you another thing that happened. So that that fight thing happened, right? Mm-hmm. And then he get in the interview talking all tough like, "Nigga, I'm with whatever. I don't care. I'm da 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 Don't touch me no more. I was being nice, <laughs> so nobody don't ever touch me again in the battle. I don't care what's going on. Oh, I'm no. fucking the event up. I don't care. Guess what happened at the event last week in Cleveland? <laughs> now he was in Cleveland. We was talking about Cleveland. Guess what happened?
1: Somebody swung
3: on him. No, a nigga put touching all on him.
1: Oh, Somebody no. did a
3: fake dunk in the battle and stepped all on his white shoes, oh, mud- no. got him all muddy and everything. A dude from Chicago now.
1: He's supposed to catch a body. Now, t-
3: guess what Tay Rock did after that battle? Final warning! <laughs> Don't touch me no more. Like, bro, you gave a final warning five battles ago. You know when he battled Calico? That's when he was getting violated the most.
1: So he was just yelling in general, like like me. Of course, because and- <laughs> he never yelled
3: in niggas' faces. He yelling
1: in general.
3: You know what somebody did to him at, at the battle before? Uh, before that Calico joint. Before the Calico Murder Mook went, they pulled out a diamond tester and said, "Let me test your diamonds. So he got this chain. I guess oh, a chain, wild wow, no. fake. They pulled it. He, he didn't let them test it though. But uh, so
1: you think he really had? Fake oh, it's probably hair fake. It's probably crazy. fake.
3: Shit, mad colorful. It's probably fake. Colorful. Colorful diamonds. Like it looked crazy. It, it's strange looking. Like, oh, okay. Strange looking. Like, yeah. But, but um, I mean, hilarious. there are colored diamonds. I know his that, strange. But I'm just saying. And he didn't like, let them test it he, for a he's reason. was
1: wearing that in 2000.
3: He didn't let them test it for a reason. So this is what I'm saying. So he is just every time somebody touch him, he's just gonna say, Don't do it again. Like that's what he could he's like a substitute teacher now. (laughs) Like he's like he 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 the type that's like gonna stand there like I'm wait I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. That's what yo, Tay Rock and this is (laughs) the wrong guys are finished. (laughs) This is the wrong person to battle in this and ah. Geechee about to talk so crazy.
1: So what's his name? This is who? Tay Rock?
3: Tay Rock versus Geechee Gotti.
1: Okay. I don't know either one of them. So. Tay Rock is hear. the
3: face of battle rap right now. He's the I don't biggest, know. Let me I got to look at one. He's, he's not the biggest because he don't get paid the it's most. But Tay look Rock at is the battles. Some battles. Tay Rock has been the face it. of battle rap for the last four or five years. He's the. He's, I thought
1: he's, the guy he, who battled Joe Budden was the, the, the face. Why you thought that? Because I thought you said that before.
3: No. I said he was one of the best ever. I didn't oh. say he was the face. No, it's he one of the best ever because his. So Tay
1: Rock is from Baltimore, and he acting like that? He
3: from outside Baltimore. He let white boys say nigga, man. I like oh, come on. No. But he tried to be. tough He done found like some friends up in New York, and now he be run. Yo, Tay okay. Rock is strange, but he's about to, he's exposed now. He's completely exposed. That's why people keep violating him because they don't respect. Oh, him Oh
1: yeah, I I seen him. Before. They
3: don't they don't respect him at all. You should have seen how Calico was doing.
1: I like Calico. No, Calico, like
3: Calico. Calico was being violent He was disrespecting him. He was. Hey. He was disrespecting him. But Calico been on some. He been on. He been on that time lately for real. He, he was disrespecting Tay Rock though, and that whole battle. I'm not Pat. Stay. Don't touch me. Calico. Next battle. I mean, next round. Putting his hand all up well, on he him. Well,
1: see now. He ain't gonna do nothing. So hey. Well, I mean, late. everybody
3: has seen that he's not gonna do anything because his friends was getting beat up on it. He didn't jump in. And his whole thing was, "Why are you swinging at me? "Cause it's a fight, bro. That's why they're swinging at you, Calico. Is da- Blackface. So he just,
1: what does he do? Blackface's he son. Like?
3: Blackface's son is in the middle of a brawl. Of Blackface. course, he's gonna swing on whoever he sees. That's just how. Blackface it
1: is Calico's daddy. Yeah,
3: that's he's gonna oh, swing on. yeah, so he's gonna swing on whoever he sees. Uh, yeah, so, but swing he just
1: on. wasn't swinging on Calico daddy because he was Calico daddy or something. Because he, yes, that's why. Because he was scared.
3: That's the reason. Because he was shook. <laughs> but
1: yeah, you could be shook, but somebody just swung on you. You
3: scared. He's uh, Calico Dad swung on chess too. It looked like he hit him too. Chess claimed he didn't get hit. It looked like he got hit, bro. Mm-mm. They all they all talk tough for no reason. Like just be remember I was telling you, just be yourself and there would be no bars about it. Okay. These niggas are gonna get clowned. Tay Rock is about to get talked to so greasy by Geechee. So
1: it. what Hitman Holler don't don't battle Hitman gotta
3: get a lot of money. He he they they, they gotta my favorite able, they gotta be able to afford Hitman right now. Hitman come back when it's a, when it's a big enough situation. Go. He was at the um double the, the double impact event, Summer Impact. Him and John mm. John the Don battle. I like events, him too. He
1: from Atlanta, right?
3: Uh, he from Yonkers, New York, but he been living in Atlanta for a while. Oh, so he's he not his, from his 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 okay. brother is like Bow Wow's best friend or something like that. Like they they close. He close with Bow Wow. Okay, next battle: DNA versus Bill Collector. This is an interesting one. I'm going with DNA just based on like DNA is so dangerous. DNA is another one that's like arsenal. These niggas are dangerous. DNA is the rebuttal freestyle king of battle rap history. What does that mean? That means you just said something in your round or something just happened and I throw it in the middle of my round as a freestyle. So
1: he really is freestyle. He's not Not his whole his battle, but out. he
3: can add freestyles at any moment. Oh, okay. He can and that that makes him dangerous because if he get the right freestyle, buildings go crazy. They erupt. Mm-hmm. Like so the when when you can throw something out there that could make the, the whole crowd go nuts.
1: Is that the guy to do the like countdown thing? No. okay.
3: DNA is the one with the missing tooth. I would
1: just think because he'd be taking the people's stuff and then going and saying it backwards and stuff. That's hmm. what I'm thinking about, but I don't know who this is. DNA. Oh, man. What's wrong? Is messed
3: up? I hope I ain't got no damn bad cable on my mic, on this mic. It's your mic, but I don't know what the issue is. You can't is. hear me? I can hear you, but it's just some feedback happening. But um, Oh, it might have it been both of our mics Oh,
1: maybe I'm I might just get some talking new, at the wrong I one. might
3: have to get some new equipment But um, mm-hmm. I got this little cheap shit But uh, the, the, I got DNA over Bill Collector Bill Collector is de- very entertaining He could rap, but DNA is just dangerous, man And DNA has a field day with dudes That's on Bill Collector's level Field day He has a field day with these guys Now, J.C. versus Shotgun Suge. This is the only time I'm going to pick performance over bars. Because J.C. is a super lyricist. Very heavy on the bar tip. The problem is, it's in Philly. And Shotgun Suge is from Newark. His style is going to be more their style. And and winning in the building is, is the bigger part of battle rap. Even though some people have better bars. Some people change it for the camera. But for the most part, if you win in the building... You 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 won. That's going to be the person that won. It's, it's very seldom that people change their mind like on who won. And Shotgun Suge is probably going to have some joints that just... Sh- like JC hasn't... I don't know if JC gone up against anybody like Shotgun Suge before. Suge pretty much... Every battle Suge is in, he goes up against somebody that's a better lyricist than him. So this ain't nothing new for him. This is something very new for, for JC. Very new. So I'm going with shotgun, man. So who I have winning this whole thing? I have Arsenal, K. Shine, Calico, Geechee Gotti, DNA, and Shotgun Shug. Shout out to Math Hoffa. I was watching Math Hoffa's predictions earlier. Then I was like, wait, let me stop watching it because I don't want his joints to. I don't want his joints to influence me at all. So I stopped watching it. But I'm gonna go back and watch it and see what see what he got. Shout out to Math off also for uh, the My Expert Opinion podcast. I love that podcast. Very insightful. It's good to see. Experts on the culture, talking about the culture. And um, shout out to him and Knowledge for that podcast. Now, speaking of battle rap and URL, did you guys know that URL was and is a black-owned company? Hmm. URL, I love. It's black men. We run in the company. We run in the culture. Black men have the biggest platform in the culture. And there are battle rap leagues that are run by white people. Internationally. These are big... White leagues, none of them are bigger than URL, run by black men. I love it. Well, they have um, the two top dogs is black men. Then uh, Norbs, I think he like uh, Puerto Rican, maybe something like that. But uh, the head guys, Smack and Beasley, two black men running the joint flawlessly. Maybe not flawlessly, but because, you know, they don't start events on time all the time. You know, they just got to get their punctuality together. But as far as the content that they provide to us fans, mm. Man, I couldn't. I couldn't ask, cause I remember the days when when we would get like three events a year. The battles would take forever to come out. Like it we was just. I. It was getting to the point where I was kind of forgetting that some battles was happening when they when they would come out. Now we getting like seven big events every year, and then a bunch of small ones. Like this is, they getting a lot of money over there, and they they cause they paying dudes a lot of bread. These people that they having on these cars, they paying them a lot of bread. So we we gonna look at some black businesses really, and I'm I'm a. I'ma look around that. The reason that I that I wanted to talk about black businesses is because uh, Forbes just put out their 400 richest Americans list, or wealthiest Americans, what they call it. And uh, there's only three black people on it total, because I guess the cutoff to make it to the top 400 richest people in America, you had to be worth at least 2.1 billion. And most of the black billionaires that we know. I won't say mo- yeah, most of them like um, Jay Z, Michael Jordan, uh, what's my man Byron Allen. They don't have they don't have enough to get on this list. So this list is very like these are the top 400 richest Americans. There are 320 something million people in America. This is the 400 wealthiest of those, and there's only three of them that are black. And I'll tell you, the 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 top Black-ranking rich man in America is Robert F. Smith. He was ranked number 131 of the 400. So, I mean, he's richer than a lot of white people too. But um, or well, he's richer than most white people. There's only 132, 130 white people richer than him in this whole nation. So, uh, Robert F. Smith. Now, I, I uh, talked about Robert Smith a while ago on a podcast. This is the guy that you guys heard about. Donating the money To pay off the student debt At Morehouse This is the same guy How'd he make his money He's made his money At uh, Vista Vista Equity Partners This is a company He started And what they do Is they invest In tech companies Pretty much That's what they That's what they do And uh, he's been Very successful with it This is the interesting Thing about it though His company As far as uh, I guess Well I won't say I won't say I won't say that. Even though he is the richest black person in America, his business is not the most successful black business. That's what I'll say. I'll say it like that. The second person on this list, his business is actually by far the most successful black business in America. Now, his name and probably one of the top black businesses in the world. His name is David Stewart. Now, he was ranked number 239 on this list. And he's worth uh, three point five billion. Did I say Robert F. Smith was worth five billion? Five billion. <laughs> David Stewart is worth three point five billion, and he, you know, he running this company out of St. Louis. I mean, he 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 in it now. Uh, David Stewart he runs a company that is the number one black business in America. They don't have the most employees, but they do the most revenue. They do eleven point two billion dollars every year annually that's the annual revenue it's not a game okay uh and what worldwide technologies does let me let me see here let me just read this short short article it's just since um this guy is the founder he has a partner a white man but he's worth more money than that than his partner but um or they're not in st louis they're in maryland heights missouri i don't know how i think that's close to st louis though now let me read this short paragraph founded in 1990 Worldwide technology has grown from a small product reseller into a technology solution provider with $11.2 billion in annual revenue and more than 5,000 employees. It serves the technology needs of large public and private organizations around the globe, including many of the world's best known brands. Essentially, what they do is they write software for businesses, corporate, comp- corporate corporations, and they license it to them pretty much. So, you know, when you're dealing with, with web-based and software and all that, that's how you make the most money. So, pretty much, this is the black Oracle. Worldwide technology is the black version of Oracle. If y'all know about Oracle, Larry Ellison is worth like $80 billion or some shit like that. Or l- let me not guess, let me just tell you because he's one of the top richest people. Um, Larry Ellison is worth, not, not 80 he's worth $65 billion. L- that's the white version of what I'm telling y'all about right now. So, $65 but Oracle has been around for a very long time. Oracle is pretty much responsible for the internet, damn near. So, you can understand why he's worth so much more than um, David Stewart. But, uh, yeah, pretty much what they, they provide IT products and services to corporations around the world. And I think that's an amazing business. Doing 11.2 billion in annual revenue. Just think about being a young black kid from the hood, and you can you even fathom that? Like we thinking about, no, I just want to make 100,000 a year. I want to make 200,000, a million. I want to get to a million. This man is doing, and not him. See, this is the difference between. See, we got to think. He's not worried about his personal net worth. He's in control of a company with that kind of power. If you're doing 11.2 billion in revenue, with 5,000 plus employees, 5,300 employees man that's you're winning it don't matter if you rank number one in the richest black people. you have the biggest black company, and your company is bigger than most companies on the planet, not just black you understand like and and I think they're a privately held company i don't even I'm pretty sure they're not publicly traded so yeah man salute salute to the black man for being a um in the IT world, Of eating like that, and, and not even just about eating, but just that's inspirational to me. I think it's just like that's 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 amazing. And then number three, of course, we know the uh lovely, incomparable Oprah Winfrey. We all know how Oprah made her money. She made her money doing everything. Oprah is is pretty much Oprah's into everything. But what what she's known for? She's a media mogul. Okay. Oprah is a, she she's a big dog. Oprah is probably the most famous rich p- black person on the planet. She's one of the most famous people period on the planet like she's definitely an American icon. You know, she she her name, she's one of those people that can go by one name. You know how you know you got the Cher, the Beyoncé's, Madonna's, Oprah. Like these people you don't need to hear the last. Nobody would ever say Oprah who or which Oprah. That would never happen. There's probably other Oprahs, but there's one Oprah. You know what I mean. Okay? So, those are the three people that made the Forbes uh, 400 2019 list. Uh, Lucy, do you have anything you want to say about those three individuals?
1: Um, No, not about those three, no. Mm-mm.
3: Okay. Do you have any opinion about them?
1: Well, not really. I mean, I just I didn't know much about um, – well, I mean, obviously I knew about Oprah. But the other two, I, I didn't know much about. So, I mean, it's just – Just learning about that So no I don't have Anything to say about it
0: Okay okay
3: Um Now You have some stuff That you wanted to get into
1: Yeah I mean What I wanted to do You know I'm not the numbers girl I mean you That's your thing Um But I did want to Highlight some stuff Into Specific One specific thing Well I have a few Businesses here That I wanted to highlight Mm -hmm. Um One on a local A couple on the local Uh level is that good
3: i moved it yeah go ahead
1: me it's over here huh you need to put it over here
3: no that's this the mic has got you okay
1: go okay so i wanted to highlight some some businesses first some businesses that i thought were pretty interesting um but it's, it's it, has, it is actually in the atlanta area um well one of the businesses i wanted to um highlight was called a celestial uh spa mm-hmm. And I wanted to highlight that because um, last weekend, was last weekend or the week before? Uh, I think we talked about it. I had a spa day. You um, you gave me a spa day. Me and my mother in law, we went to one of our play- our favorite spas. I'm not going to highlight them because it's not a black owned business. Um, but this spa that we went to, we just this our fit one of our favorite places. It's like, it's amazing. So I was thinking, like, when we, when we were there, we both were talking about like how it's such a you know a huge money maker the spa that we went to was um it's like a twenty four hour spa there's sleeping areas there's a gym there's whirlpools there's swimming pools there's all of these things and and we saw that some of the employees a lot of the employees were actually like staying there they even had like a quarters for them to stay there where it was a whole family that was actually staying there and we all we both were talking about like you know, if if one person with some you know decent money could could do something like this, I mean everything was sanitary, clean, everything was nice. It wasn't a weird um, spa or anything like that. But it it seemed like such a money maker, and it, it seemed like it would just make money off of what you put into it, like quickly. So I went looking for like black businesses or black spas and stuff like that. So I found one called the Celestial Spa it's um it's in the South Fulton area of Atlanta. um it's black owned. uh they do offer a lot of different things as far as facials and massages and um waxing. they offer men's services. so um a lot of spas some spas don't offer um men's services, but um they offer those things to them too. Uh, I thought that was interesting then we i looked up some more stuff, and there was this thing called gymnetics fitness so this it's a group i mean it's a it's a mother and daughter Ellen and Lena Ector, which I knew about them for a long time um it's called Gymnetic fit it's called Gymnetic fitness and they made the d v d the really popular d v d black girls workout 2. and that came out in like two thousand eleven maybe two thousand twelve probably two thousand eleven um, and they're actually from here, mother and daughter, they have a gym, they have really cool classes. You might see them on Facebook and stuff. They do like really cool routines and everything. And it's just really, really, um, interesting. Um, one of the biggest, well, another one I have here is called subline donuts. This people might think this is a small thing, but subline donuts is actually a really big donut, um, Donut line, I mean, donut company here, which I never, ever, ever thought it was a black owned company. Um, so much so that when I was doing something for work and we were supposed to get donuts and things. So the first thing out of my mind and some of the people in our um, in our department, we were thinking, OK, get Krispy Kreme or don't some or, or Dunkin Donuts or something. And it was this white woman that said, no, we should get this place called Subline Donuts. Um, and she was like, Yeah, it's really trendy, it's cool, whatever and we were like, No, this is Atlanta, get Krispy Kreme. That's what we were thinking. And she actually got away, you know, we fought it tooth and nail, like we really fought like, Why are we getting... Because we had people coming in from different town like different places that didn't have Krispy Kreme. So we were saying, This is Atlanta, get Krispy Kreme. So anyway, she got away with that and it wasn't until like months later that I actually found out that this was this is a black owner. Um and he has three um, major donut shops, uh, in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, Decatur, Atlanta, like, uh, downtown Decatur, Atlanta, and some other places. Um, so that was pretty interesting. But, um, the person, one person that I wanted to, one business in person that I wanted to highlight, um, was Aisha Pinky Cole. She owns Slutty Vegan the slutty vegan restaurant in um, East Point. And a lot of people are hearing about Slutty Vegan and um, but more th- more than anything I wanted to highlight her, Aisha Pinky Cole. She is a Clark Atlanta uh, a Clark Atlanta um alumna alumna alumni whatever from she's from Baltimore, Maryland. And I saw that and I, I thought about it cuz we talked about people from Baltimore, not people from Baltimore but like how I haven't heard a lot of success stories for people from like people from Baltimore, Maryland, and to me, she's like really on track to be like something huge. So Aisha Pinky Cole, she's from Baltimore, Maryland. She studied mass uh, media arts at Clark Atlanta. Um, she her father is actually serving life in prison right now, so she and, and has been her whole life. Um, for the majority of her life. Um, so just, you know, somebody that's coming from that aspect, you know, in Baltimore, father serving life in prison, they have her down here as, well, she actually made, a, she was a millionaire in just six months of slutty vegan. She actually had like two or three restaurants that did not do well in New York. So once she got out of college, she went to New York. She um, opened up a vegan Caribbean restaurant like Mm -mm. like kind of with just vegan food
2: Mm
1: -mm. i know yeah so anyway but people loved it like i'm listening a lot of podcasters that i listen to they talk about her um her vegan food or whatever because it was just more vegan inspired so they talk about that and her um business actually caught on fire which is why she moved to atlanta uh, um last year like
3: i caught a lick hey
1: (laughs) so her business caught on fire um, and she moved to Atlanta pretty much with nothing. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, Tehran hmm. Anyway, so now Slutty Vegan is actually having, it's another um, location that's opening up, and it's been extremely um, popular, so much so that we're seeing a lot of different um, restaurants that's coming out with these um, burgers similar to it. And I, I believe it, they're trying to follow suit, because I didn't see a lot of it, a lot of these burgers and stuff like that before Slutty Vegan, um, but I think it was it was pretty important to to um, to highlight her. Another thing that I did like that was, what she was doing was she's a Clark um, she's a Clark graduate, and her and one other partner actually, once she made a million dollars at Slutty Vegan, she actually picked thirty people. And paid the the um, remainder of their fees, so it wasn't you know obviously she don't have the type of money to do like Robert Smith did, but as far as like some people who needed book fees paid or you know just certain things to get um, to finish and graduate and walk, she actually paid those fees for thirty people, and I I think that that was really really like telling a, what type of person that she is. Because she's actually paying it forward based on, you know, what she can do and everything. Like, what she can, what, you know, she can do. So, um, yeah, Aisha Pinky Cole, I think she's like, um, she she's pretty, she's on her way to being a mogul. So, that's what I w- wanted to contribute to that. Oh, and one more business, I'm sorry. One more business is called Virgil's Gullah Kitchen and Bar. It's a... Really, really, really nice restaurant. And I know a lot of black businesses are like restaurants and stuff. But when I was looking, that's what I was finding. A lot of restaurants and salons and stuff like that. But it is what it is. Um Verge's Gullah Kitchen and Bar. It's in East Point, Atlanta. Um, it's actually... It's actually ran by a black gay couple. They've been married, which is crazy. They've been married for 19 years, which people that are like gay they always make jokes about how men don't really stay together that long if they're gay or whatever they kind of just on to the next whatever but it was just funny that to see that they were actually married for 19 years um and the guy who runs it his dad name is virgil smalls um and he was raised in james island south carolina this place is um in from what i'm told i'm from charleston south carolina so from what i'm told they actually have it right. They actually have, um, the, the food down pack, the low country food, the Gullah food down pack. They don't, it's not like a fake version of low country food or like, uh, Paula Dean's version of low country food. It's actual, like real legit, um, low country Gullah food. So, um, and it's like really like up, you know, upscale, kind of cool nice bar live music it's it's just a real nice look in downtown um college park so if anybody's in the Atlanta area and they actually want to taste um what Gullah food actually tastes like because some people think Gullah food is soul food or uh, low country food is like soul food it's completely different um it's something that a lot of people a lot of people probably haven't tasted but I mean a lot of black people are a part of the Geechee Gullah. Um, they're, they're a part of that. So, I mean, I, I think they should actually just try it. So it's not as fattening. It's not as, as uh, you know, most southern soul food. But anyway, so just taste, you know, just go there and taste that food. So that's the only, that's the only things I have, basically, which I did a lot of stumbling. But whatever, I'm tired. All right. <laughs>
3: I don't have a lot of listeners in Atlanta yet, so I don't know if they're going to be able to... If they make a trip, y'all make a trip down here. Y'all come check these spots out. Do you have any questions
1: about that, honey? Because you asked me, so...
3: No, no, no. I don't have any questions about that. That's good. You highlighted these businesses out here Mm -hmm. that are interesting to you. Slutty Vegan is definitely viral Mm -hmm. at the moment. And definitely, like, people have been doing those. Like, the Impossible Burger has been being talked about. In, from in California for a while mm-hmm. And there have been people who have been to California They say yo they got this burger out there But it was only out there at first mm-hmm. But maybe the slutty vegan stuff going viral Might have made big fast food chains Yeah that's what I'm yo, thinking Yo we can't let her get big with this Because if she gets big with it We won't be able to stop it So mm-hmm. if we just start serving it She won't be able to grow Which that would, that So with Burger King selling that I think McDonald's is about to add an option. KFC has that fake chicken stuff. That's that's definitely going to affect her business. Right, but
1: I don't think that people are going to go to con- Burger King and McDonald's as opposed to. Like, I don't think it's going to stop her base no, no, no. because it stops her she from has, getting, like, the better. It
3: stops her from getting new. Like, people who have been to Slutty Vegan, they're going to keep going. But if mm-hmm. you've never been and you're just like, where can I go get a, a fake burger? I'm going to just go well, no, to Well, no, because people
1: see the hype. Like, she has lines going out, it's out yeah, the door. Yeah, no, but no, she's like- not
3: biased so so she's in East Point so. Right No I'm saying A lot of people Are not just about to be like I need to go to East Point To get the fake burger Burger oh, King yeah. has one I'm just gonna go there That's how a lot of people think So that's why These fast food companies Try to squash her By adding these damn, Adding their own version Yeah Because they knew What she was about to become I mean she made they,
1: a million dollars In six months so. But think
3: about How much they make it
1: well, yeah, I'm sure they make it way more, yeah. but I'm just saying. And, like, if
3: McDonald's adds a burger like that, it's going to really almost be no more conversation because McDonald's is already everywhere.
1: You think I don't I don't think that's, that's going to stop her. Because um, she has
3: to be able to open up in new locations to grow. So, yeah, what she'll I'm be saying able to is, hold down so at this
1: point. Because, because when, I remember when Wingstop did a, a huge... Um, it was so many Wingstops coming down here in Atlanta, right? Because it was in Cali, but they started coming in Atlanta. A lot of Wingstops started popping up around like... 2013, 2014, it didn't. Yeah, people like the wings; they go there, and there's a lot of them. But it didn't stop nothing for Jr. Cricket. Yes, Jr. Cricket ain't hurting.
3: Yes, it, no, it's not about hurting. I said people who have been there, they're gonna keep going. But Jr. Cricket is not that big of a restaurant, though. They're local; that's a local. Company.
1: They have many restaurants and then people, In Atlanta. Yeah, and, and that's what this I'm no, saying. Like people, Crickets when, they, when people say "little l- lemon pepper wet," they talking about no R. only R. people from here. Nobody
3: else okay. knows what Jr. Cricket is. Okay. Even tourists—that's not even a tourist attraction. Nobody knows what that is outside of Atlanta. That's an Atlanta staple. Okay. But it's not like people everywhere in the world around the country. Don't I mean,
1: wait, d- what's his name? Um, the rapper, uh, Childish Gambino just put—he's from like, Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I understand, but I'm saying he just go—he glow- just made everybody see. He got the box on it. He got like them opening up the box, and then, then you hear the. The horns and the sirens going off or whatever when they open the box. But that because doesn't change so anything for
3: people that don't have a JR Crickets next to them. Anymore. I'm just
1: saying Wingstop didn't hurt them. No, it's, American no, Deli no, no, didn't it, hurt. It, them. it
3: hurts them by making it so they can't grow anymore and put restaurants everywhere.
1: Okay.
3: Like when you, if you have a market and your market is is just is for these certain type of product, then
1: people still want quality food. It's a
3: re. Wingstop is quality. It's good. <laughs> Wingstop, it, it ain't like Wingstop is I think McDonald's. the
1: last time we had Wingstop, we were like, man, we ain't getting this no more.
3: No. Wingstop is not the McDonald's of wings. It's not trash.
1: No, it's not trash. Wingstop is good. What? Okay. They got some you big, didn't even like now. the Wingstop the last time we went.
3: You're talking about the, there's always, restaurants always mess stuff up sometimes. That okay. don't mean nothing. Like, I know Wingstop is good. We both know Wingstop Do Wing, we think Wingstop, Wingstop is, is
1: better than GR Cricket?
3: No, I'm talking about people who are other places. They're not about to be like, well, this Wingstop is right here, but I'm going to drive to Atlanta to get some wings. They're going to go okay. to the spot. Next
1: to them. Well, no, I was just using an example. Like, people still want good say, quality food. When I say like, hurt,
3: when I say squash a smaller competitor, that's the reason these major companies take on all this debt as as far as investing so that they can grow their company and then they'll make the money up later, right? It's so that the the way that you, like, put somebody out of business is to overwhelm them. So, if everywhere you pop up, if everybody is... all Well, you're not even going to be able to buy a new restaurant somewhere because... Wingstop has a franchise program, so now you got people like Rick Ross telling you how good of a business it is to get in, the, in in the Wingstop. He like, yo, Wingstop, Wingstop, Wingstop. I make a lot of money from Wingstop. I got so many Wingstops, I can't even count them no more. That's that's not good for a local, especially a local wing spot that's as good as as um Jr. Cricket is, and and Rick Ross lives here. So that that's what I mean by hurt, and that's what they're trying to do to Slutty Vegan. Not say, and they haven't announced this or nothing like that, but you can just tell that, because she was going viral, and then out of nowhere, now everybody got a got a Impossible or Beyond Burger or something like that. Come on, man, we know We know where that come from. Now, let let me um. Let me start with this because talking about business growth and all of that type of stuff, and if you got anything to say, you let me know. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever you gotta say. So. Uh the the thing about a lot of black businesses, what I see as an issue, because I'll talk about the issues that we talk about how, how we doing good, right? I talk about the issue I see is a lot of us, I heard a great quote one time, would you rather own one hundred percent of a grape or twenty percent of a watermelon? And I think that's a lot of our issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I heard uh Earl Graves Jr., who which is the son of Earl Graves Sr., of course who started the the magazine called Black Enterprise or uh yeah, Black Enterprise magazine, right? Earl Graves Jr. said that the biggest problem that he sees with black businesses is we don't merge. We would all rather just say we're the CEO of something. Even though it's not even really a company cuz you don't even make enough money to be even really co- considered a legit business. I mean, you are legit but you're not a competitive business in anything. Mm-hmm. If it's just you working and you have no employees, you're not even making 50000 a year from your business. This really is just a bunch of side hustles what a lot of us have. A lot of us don't have viable companies where we can bid on contracts and we could handle large orders of millions. Like, let's say, yo, I got a t-shirt company. I'm out here telling people I run a t-shirt company. It's just me doing it. What if Walmart won 10,000 shirts next week? We can't do it. That's what Earl Graves Jr. was saying. He was saying we can't, a lot of times contracts can't go to black businesses because we're not large enough to handle them. Mm-hmm. He said that he has gotten, because I guess with black enterprise, they actually work with black companies to get them major contracts. He was saying Walmart had three big contracts, what they didn't even consider big. Mm-hmm. The smallest one was $50 million. He wanted to give it to a black business, but none of them could handle the capacity mm-hmm. to produce $50 million worth of cookies. Think about... You, you got to think about the amount of money that we can't get because we don't have the infrastructure for it. Yep. But just imagine if you had...
1: It's like pie, prize, pies.
3: Yeah, just imagine <laughs> if you had... Um, if, y- if y'all was 10 mechanics, you got 10 people and they running around being a mechanic. If y'all come together, put y'all resources together, open up a shop and y'all all are part owners of that shop or let's say y'all come together and y'all open up three shops between 10 people. Y'all all part owners of every single shop. You got a much better chance of of making it than being three mechanics going driving to people's houses and working on their cars by yourself and mm-hmm. getting paid like that. That's not really a business for real. Not okay. a viable one. You can't do much with it. If let's just say you have a company, let's say a company like uh like Enterprise. Enterprise needs maintenance on their vehicles, right? Guess what they're gonna have? They either gonna hire an employee for that or they're gonna contract it out to some mechanic somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you just out here, your business is driving up on people with your jack and your couple tools, you're not gonna be able to handle no enterprise contract. Right. You feel me? So that's one that's that's really the biggest thing that that, that was the biggest thing Earl Graves said. My idea of what the, the biggest issue is with our businesses is uh the fact that we think we're supposed to just sell to black people. Mm-hmm. Black people don't have all the. We don't have anywhere near all the money. Like we don't even have close to all the money. We don't make the most money by a long shot. We don't have the, the highest net worth by a long shot. So why do black people think they have to start a black business and sell to black people only? It doesn't. It, it won't ever. Do you ever...
1: think black people feel like they should sell to black people? I think only, so. That's why. That's think... why
3: people shit. People start businesses and shit on their friends and family so much, and Before be like,
1: selling to white people.
3: No, because they'd be like, y'all ain't buying my stuff. Y'all ain't do. Why are you telling... We poor. You know we poor because you're one of us. You poor too. You just got a business. So what are you talking... Why are you telling us... Well, this?
1: it seems to me like a lot of just, a lot of other uh, people won't support like we will support. But you don't them. even
3: know because there are some... Like the donut spot you was talking about.
1: Right. Now that shocked me people because... People support. You just, I'm thinking it was a little trendy, little yuppie uh, But what I'm saying is that's what I'm saying. We one.
3: have a perception right. that people won't support. It's not true. We just don't think that we need to sell to them. We think they're not going to buy it. Those people will buy the products. We just have to go sell it to them. Just like you know how to market stuff to black people, go learn about them and market it to them and sell it to them. There's a lot of black companies that don't tell people they black-owned. They just sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the donut shop. Like Slutty Vegan. We know about her now, mm-hmm. but I'm sure people didn't know at first and they just was buying it because it was good. That's what we have to do. We can't only think... My friends and family, y'all need to support me. Oh, I saw you share that. You need to share... Like that's, nobody runs business like that. That's not even how business is supposed to operate. Which I'm,
1: I'm glad to, you did. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: To, to me, I think that we just need to start rethinking. Like, like if, you, if you have a, a, a landscape business, there should be no reason you only contact black people that you know to cut their grass. White people have yards too. Asian people have yards too. Like, if they say no, they say no. But that don't mean you don't market to them. That don't mean you don't try to sell it to them. You feel? Mm -hmm. We have to expand our customer base. You Mm -hmm. can't become a rich black person unless you're selling drugs. And even then, the most drug dealers settle most because they settle white people too. But you can't be a rich black person, which a lot of people want to be. You can't be rich and only sell to one of the poorest groups in the country. That just don't even make sense. Unless you're selling, unless you're- So have what about
1: the, what people say about the buying power and all of the spending uh, A lot of that is debt. Okay. Well, like they, that's what I'm saying. So it seems like black people they, spend I'm money to tell you, is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm going to
3: tell you. When they say spending power is a trillion dollars, they're also talking about the money that we use to buy houses with okay. mortgage loans. They're counting that. Okay. That's like, I can't take this mortgage loan and be like, I'm about to go get a car with it. You can't do that. These are loans. A lot of that is debt that they're talking about. Credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, payday loans. They're talking about everything we spend money or get money from Mm -hmm. and all that. So, that's that's a myth, first of all. Secondly, even with that, these other people dwarf us when it comes to spending. They're spending more money than we are. They have more money to spend. And we should go sell stuff to them. I made it. I mean, who
1: know? Who cares? Who you sell it to? Just sell it. Like no, but say I'm saying start. there's
3: there's a thing where people like to attack family and friends for y'all ain't buying my stuff enough. See, my stuff can't my I can't grow because y'all want to spend no money. Mm-hmm. It's not our job to buy your stuff. First of all, if it works for us, we're gonna buy it. That's it. You can't try to because sh- if you try to guilt black people into buying your stuff, your business ain't gonna last. Mm-hmm. It's just you can't use us that way. That's almost like weaponizing victimhood. Well, yeah, and it's a game. Like, you be playing a us. game,
1: and we don't like that. How we don't gonna, like to be played. Exactly. Like How that, are you going to so.
3: do that to us? We, your people. Why are you mm-hmm. trying to guilt us? in the... If we had the bread, if you have something nice, we'll buy
1: it. I mean, sometimes, like cause there are, like, there are some times where, you know, black people want a handout. I'm not handout, but, like, they want to, not handout. I shouldn't say that. Like they want more for less. Or... So
3: you just say no. You're you a business say no. Owner. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. That's another thing. We just had this conversation on. Um, yeah. Like, and I'm and not saying that's how up. it is
1: most of the time because I mean, no, I, people act I have like seen it is. that though. They be
3: like, I, I had a dude tell me he can't be nice to black customers because they want to be too friendly. Okay. He this sounds crazy. He I'm sounds just saying black song. people say black business owners. They get, they get, they say stuff like that because they think they're entitled to the black dollar because they're black. Mm hmm. And if your product is good Then yeah You're going to get the black dollar Whether you are a-hole of black people or not You're going to still get The black dollar But you can't tell us You ain't successful Because
1: people See because I don't even people. think that I think that we. I think that um, If you are an Wait, a-hole of black people that. I'm saying I don't what? think That even if you Your business is good Or whatever is good You can like Go around With a certain Aura or whatever Because black people Are a lot more hard A lot harder On black businesses they are like, what do you mean so you if can't you, go around I'm saying like, when he like what he said, he don't be friendly to black people or whatever. Black people, because you know whatever, they might want something extra or whatever. Like black people notice that, and it, one little thing that you do wrong, black people be ready to like say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going back to that restaurant, or I'm not going back to this such and such. I'm not right because it's black. They give white businesses more of a of a chance, right?
3: but that's just an overall but that so, right So
1: that it right would there, behoove you to be not, not to not do that. That that, would, that don't stop you to not do that, that right
3: there doing. doesn't stop anybody from uh, being successful. Okay. Be us being hard the the issue is there's too many of us doing the same thing. Like you said that's you saw a true. lot of restaurants, a lot of salons. Too like if you what you've heard me say this plenty of times, but let me say it on the podcast and I also have said it before on here. But if Shay has a hair salon, and I have a hair salon, and you ex ex person. I was talking
1: about that too. Go if ahead. you
3: ex person, you're both of our friend. Mm-hmm. You're only gonna be able to shop with one of one us. One of us. Yeah. Because if she's your hairdresser now, like let's say you just choose her, you're not about to switch every two weeks and come to me sometimes, go to mm-hmm. her sometimes. That means you can't blame that person for not shopping with you. They just have somebody else that they go to. And the problem is, we have too many of the same businesses, and we put them up on top of each other. And we're trying to sell the same stuff to the same people. Right. How many soul food restaurants are going to be in the same area and expect to succeed? It won't work like well, that.
1: Yeah, like, that's... that's not going to work like
3: that. Like, it will never work like that. Like it, it just We don't have enough bread for that. If we had more money, then yeah, we could all go spend it. But think about the, the businesses we start. People don't switch barbers like that. Mm-hmm. People don't switch hairdressers like that. Mm-hmm. They try to keep the same one.
2: Yeah. That's why there's
3: some barbers that like are rich, and there's some that's like scraping by, not even paying child support. That's just how it go because it's hard. It some people rise to the top, and the others they get swept up in in the dust.
1: And a lot of this stuff is like kind of trendy. Like I was, I told you when I was talking to you last night about it, about the um this new trend that I saw within the past like two or three years with the kid spas in the hair salons. Um, and a lot of these salons, like, well, I've seen specifically three kids salons, uh, kids spas pop up over the last few years and they have closed and pretty much leaving the, um, stylists to try to find another shop or, um, own, or, you know, grow or start another business. And the premise of these businesses are like, um, like I said, it's a kids' spa. it's like completely like pampering kids and there and it's, one of them was called "Little Ones Like Me." Um, and when you go in there, like I said, this was the salon that my daughter went to. I took her there. And they do excellent hair. They did everything I mean, the hair was perfect, every i mean the, everything was nice about it, you know, beautiful chairs for the girls. they really get pampered in this in this area in this um this salon uh and within a year or so maybe two years or so they were closing down because of whatever they they had an issue with some of the stylists being able to keep clients um and it was basically just ran like a big um business instead of you paying your your stylist you were paying the front desk and you know they were getting a you know whatever and they were still having to pay rent so whatever it's a lot of stuff and then once the stylist left they started another business and you would think like it was like the competition or, or or something like that. But because this little ones like me closed down, they were they're actually on the internet now, like driving their customers over to this new place um called Hair Pizzazz. And it has the same premise and, and I was just thinking like Yeah, it's a lot of competition and these these businesses don't have a long life, which it should because they're doing really good hair. They're doing really good work in there. But they can't keep anybody due to, like, somebody see that it's doing really well. And they want to compete. They want to they get some of that, too. Like, because the place is booming. It's a lot of people coming. Um, but I was just thinking, like, what if, like you said, they would combine or merge or combine and and start, like, like, a place like Sports Clips or something like that. Like, where they have places everywhere. Yeah, they probably got whack haircuts. But it ain't the haircuts that we're trying to get. If you get all of these actual good braiders... From these three large salons and just start something. all y'all start something together like y'all could really have something huge and just pop up because black black women they braid everywhere they can braid good everywhere and these are for children it's a, these are just children's salons so like something like that for like a sports like a sports clip or uh whatever the other like big brown hair you know cut hair barbershops or whatever like, that would be cool. I would think that they would do that, even even though, like, they won't. But I just think it would be a good idea. So that was one thing that I was thinking about because, actually, that's something that affected me and my daughter Um, this past couple of years is going back and forth, trying to find the same stylist and going to a different place after that place has been closed down. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, so... we just have to we just got to be strategic with with merging and acquisitions man mm-hmm. everybody does not have to be the CEO that's mm-hmm. just it's okay to just be a shareholder or stakeholder a large stakeholder or mm-hmm. 20 you know 25 percent stakeholder and it's four of y'all and just everybody can tell who's the most who would speak best for the company make that person a CEO who's mm-hmm. best with with day-to-day and making sure who's the most technically sound, you make that person the operations manager. Who's the best with numbers? You make them the CFO. Mm -hmm. And then y'all hire some employees. Now, let's talk about that real quick. Employees, because this is another thing that we have an issue with since none of us want to merge our companies together. We're kind of dwarfing ourselves. Let me read this fun fact to y'all from The Chronicle, a Charleston, South Carolina newspaper. Nearly 1.9 million of the 2 million black-owned businesses do not have paid employees. Think about that. There are 2 million black businesses. 1.9 million of those. Have no employees. That means that. 1.9 million of our businesses. Are sole proprietorships. Pretty much my podcast. There's Of, of the 2 million of us. Doing a business. Because this will be considered a business. 1.9 million of us. Are doing this. Just pretty much. Operating like a side hustle. Think about that. That's African Americans make up 13% of the population but only own 7% of businesses. If we only have 100,000 businesses that, that have any employees, and we know some of those only have like one or two, and they count towards the ones who... They have one or two employees. Man, we have to merge. Er, like, think about it. Earl, the Graves family, the ones who own uh, Black Enterprise... They have been doing this for a long time. They know business. They know black business. They, they, like, they know this stuff like the back of their hands. If they say, hey, y'all need to start merging these businesses together so I can start getting y'all these contracts, guess what that means? That means we need to start doing it. Because these are, we have advisors in our community telling us what we should do. Which is another thing, while I told you I was going to say, tell you the positives about what we're doing, the positive, this is the major positive that we are doing right now in the black world, is making stories known now. So all of these people that have been rich all these years and we never knew who the hell they was, the only rich people we knew was the athletes, singers, and rappers, we're starting to now see these other success stories so that we know that there's other ways to make a lot of money. We're starting to hear about these people. These people are coming out of their shells. They're starting to talk, give speeches, tell their success story, tell where they came from. You know, everything like that. I don't feel like we always had that. Unless you read Black Enterprise since the 70s or whatever, which that's one of, I love that that magazine. Um, I tried to subscribe through Groupon. Groupon stole my money. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but um, I'll never do that again. But I was, I'm was i going to get another subscription. But no, subscription.
1: I think it was just that one because you, you did a lot of different ones. Um... That was the
3: only one through Groupon. I did the other ones Through this magazine company But um, Black enterprise But yeah The graves So that's one thing That we have now We have a great advantage Because Black people are traveling And doing speeches TED talks All kind of stuff Telling us The people that are not rich How they did it And it's not just rap. It's not just, oh, I opened up a salon. It's not just, oh, I opened up a restaurant and got rich. No, these people are giving us all kind of ideas. Let me give you a couple of the top. um, So Black Enterprise every year does a top 100. It's called BE's Top 100, the nation's largest black businesses. Number one is, you already already told y'all about worldwide technology. That's the one that was founded by uh, David Stewart. Number two, Act One Group. Let's see. Act One Group is a, uh, I think, let me see. I think I read this. They okay. They're a staffing agency, started okay. by a black woman, Janice Bryant. Used to be a um an actor. Okay. She was an
1: actor, you said?
3: Oh, was she? In that? I thought I saw some. No, this says that she was a businesswoman, entrepreneur, educator, ambassador, author, mentor. I thought I seen actor at one point, but no. Okay. This woman is um from North Carolina, mm-hmm. and she started. This is a staffing agency out of California. This is the nice. second largest black business in America. They're doing uh. Let me get this number here. what's uh, hmm.
2: not right there. Not down. No.
3: Um, oh, come on now. My computer is acting a foolie, fooly. Okay. Uh, they are doing their annual revenue is uh, two point eight billion dollars. Mm. That's the second. Now you see the difference between Worldwide Technology and Act One. Worldwide Technology is doing eleven point two. Act 1 at the number 2 slot is doing 2.8. That should tell you how worldwide technology getting down out here. Mm-hmm. And plus Act 1 group, I think a lot of the reason we never heard it, not we, some people have heard of her, but a lot of people haven't heard of Janet Bryant, Janice Bryant is because she's not very, she wouldn't be ranked very high in terms of net worth. Mm-hmm. So she would just be one of the quiet black billionaire or black rich people because at a revenue of 2.8 billion billion... She would be
1: a, a millionaire maybe. Hmm. You don't think you think she's she would definitely a millionaire. millionaire. Okay. But
3: running a staffing agency, you know, that's all expenses.
1: Mm-hmm. Cuz
3: you're just paying people.
1: Well, I mean, you are getting contracts. You're getting no, contracts. No, but you're only taking and... a
3: piece of what they make. So really and then you got a bunch of employees that have to handle it cuz she's not the one that's setting up cases and all that mm-hmm. type. She's not doing that. So she has a lot of employees, so she's you know, but she's in charge of a pretty powerful company and mm-hmm. That's helping get so people. So, Worldwide
1: Technology is based out of where now?
3: Missouri. Okay. And Act One is is out of. Um, in Torrance,
1: California. Terrence, yes, in what California, is it called? Terrence, California, California.
3: California. So, and then the number three black business is Bridgewater Interiors. They do one point nine billion a year. They have these write ups for these. Okay, now what Bridgewater Technology or, or Bridgewater Interiors does is an automated se- automated. Ot- automotive seating manufacturing company specializing in -in just-in-time manufacturing, sequencing, and delivering of seating overhead and center console. They got a Detroit, Michigan. That makes a lot of sense. Let's Mm -hmm. think about it. The car industry in America pretty much started up in Detroit. This black company, Genius. Genius, by the way. Look at this black man, little light-skinned dude. Mm -hmm. Genius, by the way, right? He gets out of college. He went to law school. He gets out of college, right, and says, hmm, now, if he would have started this company decades ago, he'd be way richer. Right. But he started this in the mid-2000s. But what they do is they manufacture the seats for cars. And it, it seems to me like they do uh, automated manufacturing. So he probably, do, well, they got 2,400 employees. So they got a lot of people working for them too. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they make car parts. And they don't even have to ship them far because they're right there in Michigan. So think about it. Remember I was telling you about their company Delphi? Mm-hmm. My uncle worked there. These people making mad bread just because they have contracts with GM, with Ford. They make little electric, like so. This is a genius. This is a genius idea, and this is what I say. When we have these lists and we have access to all this so information, so they're
1: making. Okay, okay, never mind. They I see make they parts. Manufacture, but I saw it said delivering, up So yeah. so they make so. And deliver. Um,
3: that's why I say I like the fact that we have all this information now because we can see different people that make money in many different ways. Like I say that we have too many people in the same field because we have a concentration. There are people in other fields, but there's not a lot of them. There's only like a sprinkle of people that that do other things. Like this guy, genius idea. Genius idea. And so, uh
1: he didn't come up with this business though. It just says here?
3: No, no, he's he the CEO, the but this a, but they have Black Enterprise has him as a black owned company. Okay. So he's not Well, the yeah, fan. I'm
1: just saying he's not the person that, that No, I uh, no, I didn't the say his name. Of the
3: but um but uh yeah so he he, uh they have a great a great company there man running that okay now coca-cola beverages in florida llc what they do is you can tell by the name they bottle coca-cola this is the thing that i learned about them they're number four on this list right they do 1.3 billion a year they only operate in florida they was able to make one point. They able to make one point three billion a year, only bottling Coca, Coca-Cola in Florida, for Florida, like for Florida distribution. That's amazing. They must drink a whole lot of Coca-Cola in Florida, man, because that's <laughs> crazy.
1: Coca-Cola just huge. I mean,
3: but what, none of the other ones. This is called specifically Coca-Cola Beverages,
1: Florida. Right.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, there's another part of the country. Where's the Coca-Cola? Well, maybe they are not black-owned companies. I guess no. so. Okay, yeah These people, man, genius they, It's a bottling company Very genius The number five on the list Modular Assemblies Innovations They do 1.04 billion a year Modular Assemblies, I mean That sounds like something You can guess what it's about But let me read Let me figure Okay, same thing They deal with um, They deal with uh, auto parts Let's see What, do, what exactly do they do Okay, they okay they make modules for for auto. So if y'all know about um, how modules work, you know a lot of these newer cars they don't have individual parts. They have these modules that you can just replace the entire module, and you don't have to worry about repairing some little part that you can't even figure out what's wrong with it. Hmm. This company right here, they make those modules. They are uh, they located in the Great Lakes area. It's uh,
1: Great Lakes in East Antigone, Liberty, Ohio. Sure. Says- well, that's up there, yeah. Oh,
3: great. That's the Great Lakes area. Oh, OK. But they have other other locations also. But yeah, this this is that's another great idea, man. We you know, manufacturing. That's what we really need to be into if we if we can. Manufacturing is, is major. The uh, and that's just the top five. I don't need to. If y'all go to Black Enterprise and look at their um, 100, their, their top 100, man, it's some it's some good inspiration in there, yo. Some good inspiration. Let me give you a couple more facts before we get up out of here. The highest ratio of black-owned businesses is in Washington, D.C., where 28% of all businesses there are owned by African Americans. That's a pretty big number. D.C. was the chocolate city, though, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's lower than the, than the demographic of the city, but it still makes sense because, you know, they're sharing with the government. It's all good. The second highest ratio of black-owned businesses is in the state of Georgia, where 20% of all businesses there are black-owned. And that's a great percentage, actually, because only 30% of the Georgia population is black. So for 20% mm-hmm. of the businesses to be on, Well, you hear people talk about Atlanta specifically, but, but Georgia. Georgia so, yeah. No, I'm just saying, but most yeah. of that is in Atlanta. You know that's Atlanta. Yeah. And yeah. you hear people talk about so. how Atlanta is like the real Wakanda, like black people really is winning down here. Like it's some rich black people that you have never heard of before. Mm -hmm. These people just got, some of these people have started businesses and they don't market them as black businesses. They just are businesses and they making bread. And I think a lot of that comes from Maynard Jackson with his, um, Mm -hmm. his contracting rules, his laws on saying like, if you're doing a contract, 25% of it got to go go to black black people. people, That, I think that got a lot to do with that. That, right
1: that was amazing for him to death, that, Yeah, that was big, crazy. and
3: that should be happening everywhere. But a lot of people get in power and they do not do that. He did that as the mayor. So I
1: wonder, do they? Was that something that they kept? I mean, is that like a thing? Yeah, that he kept you know, afterwards? been black mayors since then. Well, yeah, much. I know, so, yeah, but I'm saying, is that like a thing? Okay.
3: That's the thing. It, like Georgia, like state contracts and local, like government contracts in Georgia, it's a no. Well, because I deal with these people, the black companies get those most of the time. Not, not mostly They get a lot of those So is it like a
1: thing contracts. About minority Or is it black It's minority
3: it, But it's for black people
1: Because I mean They could say a woman You know no, I don't know it,
3: They say minority But it's for it's black people The ones getting a lot of that Okay. Even though they You know Black people Because this is Atlanta mm-hmm. This ain't like national Where they can play with the numbers Atlanta's run by black people So they know It says minority That means black mm-hmm. So yeah The black people In, in, in Georgia And Atlanta Is some rich black people Down here man I, like you all you would just have to Come down here Drive around some of these places Where the mansions is at these, A lot of these Is black people's houses
1: Yeah and it's, it's Some it's places where You don't hear about You don't hear yeah. about The Fayetteville Yeah cause you always hear About Buckhead We hear about you Buckhead You don't hear about Lake Spivey and Spot And Stockbridge Where man. like T.I. live And all, like these places And These It's, a lot, yeah,
0: it's a lot of Money out
1: in the Ellenwood type Going all the way back there Like it's a lot of Big money out here So big houses and stuff A
3: whole lot uh. So there's another one Only 107,000 of the black businesses Have actual employees uh, Industries Nearly 38% of black businesses Are in healthcare and social assistance Repair mm. and maintenance And personal and laundry services what? That's a large Like broad what? category
1: See I didn't even think I never even I can't even think of any black companies in those fields, like they just
3: said. Um it says repair and maintenance, mechanics oh, okay, and okay, personal saw, okay. and laundry service, like cleaners and things okay, like okay. that. I just saw it. I just was yeah, thinking healthcare, healthcare and social, social assistance. assistance yeah. So uh, but who knows what they mean by that. Okay. Other popular categories among black businesses include advertising firms, you know about that. Yes. Auto dealerships, of course we all know about them. Consulting services, that's big, restaurants, barbershops, beauty salons and more. Okay. Yeah. So, hey man. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna do too much more. Well, actually, I'm gonna be just done here. I want y'all to go out, y'all y'all. Um, I I gave you what we're not, what I don't think we're doing good on. And then I gave you the good things with these businesses, how much money they making, mm-hmm. and you know, this is some good motivation. Y'all can get out there, research these people yourself. I like to look up black people that that are doing good, and I do my Black History facts all year round. I don't, I don't do February. February to me is White History Month. That's when we talk about White History. All year is black history to me. So that's why I like to uh, find people and look up HBCU, see who graduated from there, what they did when they graduated, all that type of stuff. And black businesses uh, is something that, I, that I'm that i interested in also. I want to own one, but if I, if I can't own a major business, I'm definitely going to try to support somebody else that got one. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Because I feel like I could have done more back in my old life to support family businesses and all that. And I didn't. So, Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do it now and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, that's all I got for y'all. Is, is ten something, man. This is late to us because yeah. we—I know hear some me some people don't even be I'm recording tired. till like eleven o'clock. We 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 old people. We got kids and shit we like got that. got
1: Very small children. I'm I'm tired. If y'all hear me stumbling, which I was on my words and stuff. I am actually really tired. So
3: yeah. So hopefully y'all made it through yeah. the podcast. I appreciate y'all. How long was that? We, we appreciate y'all for listening. So. Oh. Uh, hopefully y'all can look up some of this stuff. Y'all let me know what y'all think about our little Wayne listing. Y'all let me know what y'all, well, we already know what everybody think about that Amber Geiger shit. Uh, Cause everybody's been talking about it. Let me know for my battle rap fans, how y'all feel about my predictions and, 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 <laughs> and, and my analysis of that. And y'all let me know if y'all see, I got a, mostly Ohio listeners and, and some other people that have been listening from wherever, I don't know where they at y'all let me know or y'all let Shay know, excuse me. About how Ohio and Midwest confidence is, and it's just like don't. Sometimes it don't. Y'all don't
1: let, listen. Ain't don't nobody even, gotta let me know about even, people. How, from how Ohio. I don't
3: even. It don't even be making sense a lot of times. Like how we be acting. You gotta let and, me know about and look, that. You know, I know. People, some people be like, "He know he ain't that good." No, we don't be knowing. <laughs> that's the thing.
1: <laughs> that's delusion.
3: That's just the thing. We just don't. And be, I don't
1: think that's an Ohio thing. I. I mean, I do. You, no, no, no.
3: Think... It's a Midwest thing, but Ohio specifically. Let me tell I you. One you thing I do. People.
1: One thing I will say this. I thought it was just a you thing. I'm telling you. Let me tell you. I used to think, and I now I know because I'm around. I, I have a a really good relationship with my mother-in-law. I'm always around her. We always together. And I used to always be like thinking because you think you can do what, which is good. You feel like you are the expert in everything, and I <laughs> and I know you are that way now because. Like, when people say you can do anything you put your mind to, your mom, your family, they are very much that way. I'm like, telling you, that's how we like, are in Like, oh, life. you you want to be a heart surgeon? Oh, Yeah, he could do it tomorrow. Like, yeah, he could that's be like... That's how we he's, are up there. I'm telling you. <laughs> they. I mean, it's just great, which is so good because I've never seen that kind of thing before. Te- that's how we are But, like, there. the confidence... People,
3: people, <laughs> that are, people are like that is, up there. I'm telling you, that's just how it is. That's just the energy is like, yo... I'm about to go. Like that's why so many yeah. people, which they, is good, which when, is good. So many people so. when they leave from up there, they, they have this confidence because they feel like I'm about to go do everything yeah. I want to do for, mm-hmm. for the most part. Like I can do anything. That's mm-hmm. just how we feel. Which,
1: that's that's a great thing. It's 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 a it's a good thing. But for some people, I'd be like. All right, you know, but it is a good thing. It's a good quality yeah. to um and, for, and for parents to instill, and in, because I've I've noticed it from your grandmother to your mother to your grandfather, you could I could say, oh, look at Maya's picture, and people think it's you know, oh, they would be like, oh, she's an artist. She does this. She can do this. She can do this. Like they are, are very.
3: <laughs> and we we talk like that to our confidence. friends, our family. We'd be like, oh, you you wait, hold on. You said you was in the band when you was three years old. Oh, I think we can get you as a backup for Beyonce, bro. Right? Like, like you, you still know how
1: to do child it? child prodigy. That's <laughs> like what we that's be. Like, that's it. Like, it's we so be, okay. we
3: be feeling like we could do anything because right. that's how Which we is, feel.
1: It's a good. That's a great thing. That's, that's how we feel about ourselves,
3: but... our friends, our like everything. That's just how it is.
2: Yeah.
1: But that's yeah, yeah so but...
3: Y- y'all, y'all. When y'all hear this, y'all gonna know what I'm talking about, and, and everybody see it in the baby. Like the baby act like somebody, one of our friends from back to like, the crib. Like,
1: okay, I um, can't, Blue I can't Blueface Blueface too. Blueface, Blueface definitely.
3: Blueface was only there until he was six, though.
1: Well, I thought he was there his whole life because no. this isn't his mom's from there, right? His, mom, his is mom, mom is actually, from Youngstown, and they actually lived there. His sister and his mom actually lived there. They Hit, said they actually like no, lived he, in
3: Ohio. His his mom actually grew up in Youngstown. He was only in... They said she
1: actually still lived there. He was Ohio. only
3: in Warren until he was six, first grade. He left. Okay. They went to California.
1: Well, I mean, he was he raised still, by... A, he was Ohio
3: raised California. by an Ohio person. Right. He acts like it. He acts like it. So mm-hmm. that's all I got for y'all, man. Y'all y'all, let me know how y'all feel about this. Make sure oh. y'all like, subscribe, comment, share, post, click, comment, share, post, Don't click, su- email, regpodcast at gmail.com. So what do you
1: want people to email us? I was about to say, Whatever do you, you want people to email questions to us? Whatever they want to talk about. Talk to us about some things, like... Topics? Whatever
3: it is, they say what they want and put it in the email.
1: Why well, I gotta see these emails.
3: If they come.
1: So ain't no emails came?
3: No. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think people we're not big enough to get emails yet. We well, don't have we enough. Can get emails, no, no, you need to, like, for I somebody to spend no for somebody spending time emailing you they gotta be a super fan.
1: But you, I mean, you no don't got to be likes. no fan of email. Us,
3: you know what I'm saying, <laughs> who is going to take their time out to do it? Anyway, we getting up out here. It's been right. two hours of change, Peace mm-hmm. out. The only local podcast that can give you two hours of content and not be slipping. Easy. <laughs>